Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. Front pages and in page, inside pages obviously um, have to do with the uh, war in Ukraine. Front of the mirror this morning, we'll welcome 20,000 refugees. In fact, Simon Coveney said yesterday that it will actually come down to people opening their homes. I remember this with the Syrian refugee story some years back. So we'll welcome 20,000 refugees. It'll start uh, with, uh, you know, their, I think I mentioned, found a number in one of the newspapers this morning of 6,000 refugees with regards to sanction in Ireland, but that will ratchet up very, very quickly. Front of this morning's mail says Ireland will give sanctuary to 6,000. Ukrainians will start to arrive in the coming weeks as uh, Kiev faces new Russian blitz and there's a 50 kilometer length of tanks poised to strike. So there'll be hotels, holiday homes, spare rooms being prepared to accommodate them. And Simon Coveney saying yesterday that they figure that we'll have to reach out to Irish people as well. I see also news overnight that Airbnb uh, have announced that they're going to offer temporary housing to up to 100,000 refugees fleeing Ukraine. Uh, and they're updating on, on that story themselves on their own website uh, right across Europe. Um, papers also talk uh, like hotels are the obvious option to house up to 20,000 refugees, according to the Independent, but clearly not enough. Uh, and that county councils will also have a role to try and attempt to house up to 20,000 people. And many of them will be families, of course, with small children. But the Irish people will be asked to open their homes to Ukrainians. Sun this morning says that they will be coming and will be coming for a number of months uh, and that's a front pager as well. Welcome with the open arms, I would imagine. Uh, meanwhile, people's description, of course, of Putin uh, and the behaviour of uh, his uh, army, who are uh, who uh, armies, you know, uh, I suppose it's fair to say, armies go about their business and war in the name of the people of their country. So I have no idea uh, what uh, the Russian people are going to do about Putin. Barbaric is a front pager making the sun today with Putin's butchers blitzing a Nazi victims memorial. This actual memorial um, is um, the biggest memorial to the most loss of life in any one incident in the Second World War because the memorial that they blitzed and blew up from the sky was the site where 100,000 people uh, died at the hands of the Nazis and indeed are buried at that war memorial. So it's a highway to hell. This is the long convoy uh, of tanks and military over 60 kilometres long descending on Kiev. It's a front pager in the Star today. Um, they also talk about the amount of refugees that are becoming in. Not, not just Ireland, incident. This is right across Europe, but they're figuring up to 20,000 here and perhaps even more. A bully and a thug is a story from the mirror. And that's just that's actually the heavy hitting words of the Taoiseach Michal Martin, who's called Putin a bully and a thug. There are four Irish babies in a maternity hospital in Ukraine, by all accounts. About 80, maybe 90 Irish people in, in, in Kiev alone, I believe, uh, and areas around it. Now, a moment of correction on that, but I think I saw that number this morning. But the babies that he's referencing are surrogacy. Babies born to surrogacy. So that's a story that makes this morning's mirror. Uh, meanwhile, um, the, uh, you know, the, the Polish border is somewhere I want to go to in a minute. And hopefully I'll be able to get a link and chat to Vika because many, many people, thousands and thousands of refugees uh, are, par- are, are pouring out of Ukraine across the um, uh, Polish border. So I'll come back to that in a few minutes' time. But there are towns there where they've converted shopping malls and shopping arcades and they've piled them up inside in places where once brands like Zara were selling fashion. They're now full of people and uh, full of food and, al- and uh, food and uh, water and uh, wipes and sanitary products and, and things like that. So that's... Uh, 
on the Polish border. And then we have the story of a fundraiser that's been set up to assist a five-year-old Ukrainian boy who is battling leukemia. He's just arrived uh, to uh, West Cork after fleeing his home country with his his family. So that's a front page on this morning's Echo. Family flees uh, to Cork. Um, and also the papers this morning talk that uh, there's a continuing appeal for volunteers uh, with two different Cork charities continuing to appeal and ask for people to donate thermal clothing. It's very cold uh, it's winter and it's uh, a lot of snow and ice in, in Ukraine. So clothing and non-perishable food items because they're sending a convoy of vans to the Polish-Ukrainian border. And in other news this morning, um, besides the horrific uh, stories coming out of uh, out of um, Ukraine, there is a, a lovely story that Owen English has in the examiner. It's just heartlifting. You have the students from St. Coleman's College in Middleton, um, about 50 of them, and you've got students from Christ the King uh, School in the city organised a clean-up down around uh, Blackrock Castle. Now, if you know over the back wall and the side wall of Blackrock Castle, that has been for years, as Own English correctly describes, a notorious litter black spot around the castle. And there is litter, apparently, and paraphernalia, a lot of it drug-related, going back 30 years. Well, the students have started their spring clean of that notorious litter black spot. It's a fabulous story. It's the transition year students who've decided to do it. And they've got all the proper kit and gear to go down there. Apparently, they have found um, drug needles, clearly, drug paraphernalia. Obviously, you'll find that pretty much everywhere now these days. But 30-year-old drinks cans. Um, And apparently, they found, where did I see? Oh, yeah, a 7-Up can, which was dated by its ring pull to 1989. And a Fanta can dated by its logo to pre-1988. So hats off to each and every one of those. Uh, in their transition year, uh, student years, where they're actually getting out there and doing good. Papers also talk today, of course, the fact that it's uh, the start of Lent. I don't know whether you're giving anything up, or maybe you should decide to take something up instead of giving something up, but I'd love to hear, particularly if you're looking at Lent Lent, uh, through a different lens this time around, text 0868104106. But there's a 59-year-old man uh, who uh, made a sexual proposition to a girl on her way to school, got a suspended jail term, He complied with all the directions of the probation service. Now, the judge said that it would normally uh, merit a custodial sentence, but he said, my view was that it would be of benefit to society for you to attend various courses instructed by the probation service. You have completed all of that courses and you have shown victim empathy. Uh, The young girl herself said uh, that he said to her, you have a lovely voice, you should be on X Factor. And on another occasion, uh, when she was on her way to school, he spoke to her about skipping school and performing a sex act upon him. So that man uh, was before the courts uh, and got a, um, well, he didn't get a custodial sentence. He followed the probation service and uh, rest is history, I suppose. I'm not quite sure everybody will be happy with that kind of a decision, but that's the one that was made. The um, start of Lent, of course, means that many people have given up the fags. There's a story in the Mirror this morning saying that the law actually for tobacco purchase and indeed vape products is 18. Now they want the submission going to the health department that that should be increased to 21. That nobody could buy cigarettes or vape or do anything like that involving tobacco and nicotine until they're 21 years old. And there's going to be a big change to what has been widely described as libel tourism in this country. And that's our defamation and libel laws. Uh, That's going to end the large payouts for very weak cases is going to come to an end, according to the Justice Minister. Now, I mentioned this 
uh, the other day, but uh, it's back before the cabinet now for a huge review. It'll have the same effect, I hope, as um, the you know claims for uh, personal injuries, uh, where we now have more set guidelines when it comes to personal injuries. And I know that the legal profession weren't happy with like that because their fees came down, but it had gone absolutely nuts in Ireland. You could never tell what kind of a payout was ever going to come, depending on the judge and the day and the court and what have you. But the big problem, of course, with regards to defamation and libel has to do with journalists or radio stations and television or programs like this because a lot of the time and the NUJ are right on this they say that a lot of time journalists are intimidated and silenced because um, one simple thing they face staggering legal bills if they take on or try and defend a defamation case and a lot of the time the defamation cases are quite weak but they're settled anyway because it's cheaper to settle them uh, rather than take them on and have huge legal bills and go into a courtroom in Ireland where you just don't know what the result and the verdict might be. And then, I don't know whether you like to read books or not, but a lot of people, you know, I mean, I don't know whether it's a snobbishness about people who claim to read the classics or the big thick books with the no pictures and the small writing. Um, But apparently, a survey out this morning says that people actually find the the classics boring, which I find absolutely insane because I started... Uh, reading um, Charles Dickens books way, way back in school and I've read books by Dickens all of my life. So uh, that's just me. I would have thought that if you pick a book up early young, it'll give you a great appetite for reading. But apparently not the likes of Leo Tolstoy's War and Peace. Not the likes of, say, for instance, Shakespeare's Hamlet um, or ones like that. Apparently even Moby Dick's a turn-off, apparently. And people have said that they found Wuthering Heights boring. I mean, what in the name of God are people reading if they find Moby Dick or Wuthering Heights boring? I mean, they'd never, they'd probably admit, they'd, oh yes, I've read, I've read a lot of James Joyce. Yes, I read Ulysses. They'd probably ne- never turned the cover of it. But anyway, lines open. You can text 0868104106. The Neil Prenderville Show. Yeah, but read whatever you want, but just read, I suppose. Anyway, how's Lent going on the first day? Are you going up the walls? Are you giving up the sugar? Are you giving up the fags? What's the deal? How did the pancakes go last night? How many did you manage to quaff? How many did you break any records? Text 0868104106. And we got actually, because I ran out of time yesterday. I know it's too late at this stage, but people continue to send me in their favorite pancake toppings. I'm just a simple man. I eat mine with sugar and a cup of tea. But the best part of it all is I eat them with my beautiful kids and I watch their smile. Uh, love the show, says Trevor. And he equally loves Pancake Tuesday every year. Uh, the pancakes are foolproof. I mixed them when your chef came on with you and I just enjoyed some of your chef's pancakes from yesterday morning with sugar and lemon. Foolproof. I'm delighted you followed the recipe from yesterday morning and well done. Joe Mac's pancakes, the best. We had Joe Mac on the air yesterday in the Queen's Oak Castle back in the 80s. Crushed Cadbury's flake and whipped cream. Says Sandra, yummy. So that's just a selection. But uh, I want to go back to my phone lines this morning and come back to other matters across the day uh, because Roman is one of a 100 Ukrainians in Cork and they've all come together to try to aid those fleeing the Ukraine. And I want to chat with them and just find out what he's doing, what he's plans and how people can help. Roman, good morning. Hello, good morning, Neil. Thank you so much. It must be a very worrying time for you. Clearly it would be because your country is in turmoil. Good morning. It is it is terrible time for all of us and I think for all of Europe and the free world, really. Because what's happening now in 2022 in the middle of Europe is just simply unbelievable. Yeah. Are you following the story of Pavlov Serdyuk, the apprentice plumber from Balancholic who went back to fight? Are you aware of him? 
I, to be fairly honest, I'm not really following as of 24th of February of anything. We are trying to do whatever we can on our end to help and, of course, check in on people home, my family, my parents. And how are they at home, tell me? How are they or where are they? They are in a town called Krupivnitsky. It's 300 kilometers down south from Kiev. So it's in the very center of Ukraine. And our county uh, start taking refugees from the first days because lots of people just running away from bombings and shelling. But as of yesterday, they start rocket <sighs> hit into our city. In your hometown. And as of yesterday, yes. Yeah. As of yesterday, they are sitting in the bomb shelters, in the basements. Like, for instance, yesterday, all day they were there. And today, this morning... Uh, it was early one at 6 a.m. Then uh, for one hour they were sitting there. Then they got out, managed to, you know, drink some water, had some food, and now they're back there again. Do they get uh, warnings, Roman? I mean, do bomb sirens go off or alerts yeah, go bomb off? bomb sirens are going on, uh, going off, yes. And there is also, they set up lots of applications, because obviously we live in a high-tech world, yeah. So people get in notifications and alarms on their phone when you set up special application uh, and it's all they also translate it to their tally so any kind of you know any kind of um, alarm and warning that they can give the government gives to people to try to save as many lives yeah i think people still have phone networks but i heard that overnight the television station the big television mast was bombed and Unfortunately and sadly, six people were burned to death. Uh, yes. you're, you're aware of that? Yes, it was terrible. Uh, it was a terrible act. And uh, um, that t- TV tower and that center is also in the middle of Babiyan. That's a place where during the World War II, more than 100,000 people were shot and buried. So that place is also um, you know, a place where people come and... Uh, pay their respects. You are aware that they blew up that memorial overnight. Yes, they did. So they not only killing alive people, but they killing dead people second time. And they're killing our history. They're killing, they're killing, uh, they're doing terrible things to whatever they can now. In the beginning, they were saying that they're only going for infrastructure, but guess what? They're not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's, there's a lot of talk about that this morning, that the promise that it was just to go in to take out even bad enough as that would be key military locations is another lie. Yes, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. And and your, your family back home in Ukraine, how many are there? Well, everybody really, I'm only here in Ireland with my wife. Uh, I, I got married, to, I, got, I met a beautiful court girl. We were working abroad together and we moved to Cork. So all of my family, my parents, my sister, my cousins, my nieces, my nephews, my uncles and aunties, everybody there. And do they have a basement? Yes, there is basements. People who live in houses, some people have like my parents have basements and people who live in the multi-story building because... Uh, Ukraine is more, it's not like uh, Ireland, it's a bit more of apartment buildings. It's, I don't, I don't know how you say, more German style, yeah, or Norwegian, because there is lots of multi-story buildings. Yeah, Basements but, were yeah. arranged and bomb shelters, which we have still from the Soviet Union times, they were kind of opened and cleaned and people are able to go there. So there is places to hide, but you, you never know when it can fly to your 
you know, to your building, to your yeah, house. How do they manage for food then? What are they eating and also fresh water? Well, uh, there was when it all started, the government provided the guidelines, you know, you need to pack uh, like a bag uh, with uh, your, uh, paperwork, your documents, some money, uh, just in case, you know, some food, three liters of water per person. So... Because you don't know for how long you can be sitting there. Like, for instance, yesterday, yeah, they spent there almost all day. And uh, I was talking to my friend. He said he only had food once yesterday because he wasn't ready for that. He lives in a, a multi-story building. So tonight, last night, during the night, uh, people were preparing, you know, preparing some food to take with them, preparing some water to take more with them. It's in my hometown in particular, but people in Kiev and Kharkiv, those cities getting hit uh, terribly, they almost getting demolished. So I presume people, you know, sitting. Uh, it's either you're gonna survive and stay alive, or you're gonna eat and you don't know what can happen. Yeah, yeah. You w- you would go out at your peril. That would be yes. A, yes. A, a big risk to that. And I'm hearing of the city of Kherson, um, which is completely surrounded by Russians. Is that a, a big city? It's probably nowhere as big as Kiev, but large nonetheless. Is it? I'd say it's, uh, it's about, I, I, I'm not going to lie to you, I'm not 100% sure, it's about uh, three, 400,000 people. Okay, okay, okay. So it's 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 not too big in terms of the world, but it's it's three or 400,000 people that are locked there. Okay. Uh, and and a, that are getting bombed. And, and of course the Russian convoy gets closer and closer to Kiev, right? Well, they're trying, but... Uh, they're not really succeeding in lots of places because yeah, they're getting yeah, destroyed. Yeah. They've been like very instance, frustrated in many ways, and that's down to the bravery and the courage of Ukrainians, isn't it? They are getting uh, demoralized big time. So uh, from uh, prisoners of war, yeah, those ones who surrender, who decided not to fight anymore, they are saying that they've been told, even through the high ranking, there is colonels and majors who also decided to stop or maybe were pushed to stop. What do you think the Russian people should do about Putin? Well, you know, uh, what I can say to you, living in the free country, living in the country with democracy, that even here, if people don't like something and people think that it is unacceptable, people go on the streets and people, you know, protest and give their public opinion, which they have right to do so. But unfortunately in Russia their right was taken away from them. Mm. So what to do, I cannot, I can only say what I would do. I would go and protest and demand to stop the war, to stop the killing, first of all, of the civilians. Because guess what? Ukrainian people never going to surrender. People never going to stop because they came to our land. They're trying to invade. Um. Yeah, they probably are afraid to protest that they would uh, literally be imprisoned or their lives taken. Look, they cannot put to prison every single person, can they? I don't think they can. Can I just read something for you? I have a friend in in Vienna, actually, whose uh, wife is Ukrainian, and he sent me a text. He said that, um, he sent me this yesterday. He has been asking over and over that his mother-in-law would leave Kiev and come and join them in Vienna. Uh, she responded to him yesterday morning by saying this, my dear son-in-law, thanks for the offer to leave Kiev, but my life is much more needed by my Ukraine, my country, my tormented mother, Ukraine. No, I will not leave her for the sake of my six grandchildren, 
for the sake of my children and for the sake of my departed parents. I love Ukraine and my people so much that only this and such love I will give. Victory over damn Russia, but thank you. I will live and help my country at least by my beating heart. And if that happens, then everything is in God's will. But my conscience will be clear. I defend freedom with my breath. I'm warming freedom with my breath. Glory to my native Ukraine. Glory to our warriors. Victory will be ours. I know it. I am sure of this. Uh, My dear, dear boy, take care of the family. Take care of my grandchildren. This is important for the future of all humanity. Love you. Hugs. Let's live. Let's fight. Um, and that's from his mother-in-law in Kiev. That's that's yeah. the kind of resolution of Ukrainians, isn't it? It is. That's more or less the answer I got from my parents as well, because I was, when I was that started, I was asking them if they come and stay with me. Because, you know, my father is 75, my mother is 70, and they said we're not going to go anywhere. And they, you know, they stay there and they can now do whatever they can. My mom cooks. My father delivers stuff. My uh, uh, sister is involved in volunteering, you know, helping people who've been moved because they moved people from yeah different counties and now they're staying in schools and kindergartens and it's all uh, made that way that they can live there, you know, staying warm, get some food, get I some know. water because you need to feed people at least twice or three times a day. And of course, locals just do whatever they can, you know, they cook, they bring food and government does terrific job of bringing supplies, bringing stuff to even bake bread, deliver water, deliver petrol, because all those things are important. Without them, we cannot survive. I know. And and it's winter there, so it's very cold and it's snowing and there's ice and there's frost and temperatures are below zero. Um, Elaine and Declan, please hold on. I'll get to you in a moment. Now, you are trying to do your bit because you're one of at least 100 Ukrainians in Cork who have come together to aid those fleeing Ukraine. What are you attempting to do? Well, we're gathering whatever we can gather to help to refugees and to help people in Ukraine. So our little community of Ukrainians in Ireland, and we have a Facebook page, by the way, and I know that people were asking how they can contact us. So Ukrainians in Cork, uh, that's our webpage. And we are collecting uh, warm clothes uh, for children, uh, we collect in nappies under 12 months, uh, formula, pseudocreme, sock, warm kids' shoes, baby bottles, underwear, disposable gloves, face masks, uh, carpool, norofin, uh, emodium, things, you know. Well that said. Yeah. That's a very, yes, that's a very descriptive list. It gives people an exact idea of what you're looking for. But you're also looking for accommodation, are you, for those who will begin to arrive? Yes, yes, we have a team of three at the moment that we formed and they're going to be in charge of the accommodation and helping people to get place to stay. Obviously, there is lots of those people who come to Ireland because it's quite far away, will be coming to join their families or friends, but we're hoping that there will be more people coming and then we will be able to help. And we have Alexander, he will be our representative if I can say his phone number. Yes, I'll give out the number at the end of this conversation. And also, Perfect. if people want to help or get in touch with you, it's through Facebook, the Facebook page, Ukrainians in Cork. In Cork. Oh, hold on a second there, because here's a typical example. Declan, good morning. How are you going? Good morning. I'm good. I'm good. Where are you? Are you, have some, you have a house in, in Castletown Bear, is it? 
Yeah, I'm from Tramoy, but we have a holiday home in Castletown where my father came from there originally. So we have a, a six-bedroom house there, and it's just a holiday home, it's idle. So we said we, we, we said last night when we came, I came home from work, we put the offer out there um, because the house is idle anyway. We only go down there every now and again, you know. Yes, yes. And would you be willing to give it over to um, maybe some some Ukrainian families, perhaps, with six bedrooms? Yeah, sure, sure. At the end of the day, sure, you're, 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 if we go to their country, if we go to any country, I've been in Australian places myself, you know, and people are willing to help you, so I don't see why we shouldn't be available to help people in need, like, you know, that, like, you know, like, they're, they're, you have to be, you have to help people, like, if they're stuck, you know what I mean? And it's not like they're going to be stuck forever, like, they will go back to their own country, so it's only going to be for a few months, you know? Absolutely. Well, we hope even shorter than that, but we just don't know, you see. So that's yeah. why that's why they're saying that maybe upwards of 20,000 will come temporarily, as you say, and hopefully for a short period of time, they'll be able to go back safely. But Simon Coveney is saying this morning that, yes, we will be looking towards hotels and we'll be looking towards, um, obviously, refugee centres, if that's possible. But it will come down to people opening their own homes. Yeah, but obviously, like, the government have a big part to play in this, too, like, you know, like, why don't, like, I often say, why don't they give up some of their own salary, you know, their own good wages, like, why don't they give up some of their own salary to help the people in need, like, you know what I mean? Well, um, well... Like, I'm, I'm, just yeah. an, I'm just an ordinary Joe Soap, like, you know what I mean? Well, they haven't really done much to help Irish people who are homeless or other people who are homeless up to now. So I can't no, see... No, and I, I, I agree with you there, like, but, like, you know, at the end of the day, the Irish, like, I... You know, I do feel sorry for the homeless, but at the end of the day, you know, I think if there was uh, if there was measures in place where say the homeless could get trained up to say, like, look at the the shortage of people in construction and look at the shortage of people in all these uh, jobs, like you know, like if there was a training facility to get bring in the homeless and get them back on their feet, you'd imagine they take them up in that offer. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, because certainly nothing, nothing that they're proposing up until now is is actually making a blind bit of difference. But listen, that's a very kind, generous offer of yours. That's the kind of offer that you're looking for, Roman, isn't it? So there's a West Cork home with six bedrooms for you. Thank you, Declan. Thank you very much. You're very kind. Okay, okay. I don't know about that. Okay, so Declan, um, I'm going to give out some details in a few minutes how you can get in touch with Roman and Alexander, and we can make that happen, all right? Not about our needs. Yeah. Okay, appreciate it. Let me just let me just do one other quick one here before I go. Elaine. Yes. Good morning. How and are thank you? you for holding. Now you're a mallow. You're a mallow. Am I right? Correct. That's it. Okay. And what are you proposing? I have a retail. I have a unit that we're we're trying to let at the moment, but it's idle. So if we want to use it for storage of goods, short term, we can of course of um, supplies going to. Ukraine. So anybody that is actually gathering supplies at the moment to send to Ukraine, they could use your retail unit in Mallow, which has Arctic access, which means that a big Arctic Mm -hmm. an Arctic can reverse into it. They can, yeah. Fantastic. This is the kind of thing we're talking about. So, um, yeah, it's there. It's as I said, we're 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 looking. Of course, we're looking to rent it, but you know, it's 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 free for to do this for good cause. It's empty now for storage or for loading because undoubtedly convoys are travelling to Ukraine and yeah. more will mm-hmm. be travelling as we stand by Ukraine. Okay. Well, listen, I have your details, and I make sure that those that need it. Uh, get it so that they can liaise with you directly. Is that okay? That's wonderful. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank it's you, a lovely Elaine. offer. Thank you, Elaine. No Roman, will you will you stay in touch as well if there's anything else you need or any updates that you need to get out on air? Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Okay. And I'll give Alexander's number now if anybody wants to contact him directly. Okay. 
I, can I say something, please? Yeah, oh, yeah. Go ahead. I want to say a huge thank you to people of Cork and people in Ireland. I uh, I knew that people here are unreal, but last five days showed me the whole different, you know, the whole different level. The amount of people that getting in touch and willing to help and being so kind and so supportive. I cannot even, trust me, I cannot even explain it. So thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart and from the bottom of the heart of all the Ukrainians in Ireland. Trust me, you are unbelievable and thank you very They're much. They're lovely words to well, hear. Well done. In, in spite of your worry and uh, all of your uh, turmoil, thank you for saying that. It's very kind of you, Roman. Stay in touch. Um, appreciate you taking the call and the work that you're doing on behalf of your fellow countrymen and women and children. But uh, I also noticed that the Red Cross Fund continues to grow. We're talking about a number of millions now. I'm not quite sure exactly. It's somewhere between, I think, maybe two and, and three million has been raised by public donations to the Red Cross. And a quick way of donating whatever you have, couple of euro, whatever it may be, it would be through Revolut. There's a, a Revolut link there. Uh, text 0868104106. We'll pick up on more calls after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now on the new number 0818104106. And you can text 0868104106. I want to go to Vika, who was on the air with us uh, two days ago. She has a uh, business in Balancholic uh, and was uh, fleeing... Um, Kiev since last Thursday in her car with a friend and her friend's child and it was taking them days and days and as soon as I can get a link to her I certainly will get her on air um, it's, um, it's you know the way it is it's erratic with phone lines over and back to Ukraine and indeed the Polish border but Adolf, Adana good morning Aldana pardon me good morning you, have, you also have a property I believe is it a house yeah I, I do I ha- I'm renting house in Cairo I have a four bedroom so I'm willing to uh, look after some family from Ukraine. Okay, to share your home with you, is it? Yeah, to share my home. Okay, yeah. and where are you originally from yourself? I'm from Poland. My okay. sister lives near Ukrainian border, so yeah, it's quite tough over there. You've been following events there closely, then. <clears throat> yes, yes, yeah. I and do. and I'm told that uh, the Russian, the Polish border and border officials and the Polish government is making it very easy and quick for people to go across. It's slow to get to the border, but when they get there, they're getting across the border quite quickly. Yes, exactly. And my family, my sister, look after family, share her home with other refugees as well. So your sister in Poland already has taken refugees. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They say about three quarters of a million Ukrainians have fled the border. I imagine an awful lot of them through Poland. Would you think? Yeah, I I think yeah. Okay. So if if you if you're interested in that, then I can give the contact numbers for the people you can get in touch with. If you have access to Facebook, there's a Facebook page called Ukrainians in Cork. But it's not limited to Cork with regards to an offer of accommodation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so could you get onto that Facebook page and talk to the lads there, Ukrainians in Cork? In Cork, yeah. And they and give your details and they'll get in touch with you. Equally, you can also call this number, anybody that wants to get involved. You can call Alexander on 087-237-3259. I'll put that up on our own social media channels. 087-237-3259. Okay? Five now. Okay. Five now. All right. Yes, well, thank yes, you. Thank, thank you. you. Well done. Thank you so much for your kindness. Anybody else that wants to get in touch, please do. Text 0868104106. Vika, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? And there may be a slight time delay, so don't worry about that. But have you got across the border? 
We did. Thank God. Yesterday around 11.30 a.m. we already crossed the border. As the lady before me was in the line, she was saying that the queue to the border is very long and very slow. But since you get in, they check in very quick. So they just few times checking your passport. You open the car, they check in there. Everything is just few minutes. So in general, I would say one hour and we crossed the border. We were in Poland. You must have been exhausted because you started that journey last Thursday. Yeah, that's true. We started Thursday. We started driving from Kiev and all this week we were sitting in the car, sleeping in the car, eating. So we were basically living here. But yesterday we found some BNB with the, uh, with beds. So we didn't... Uh, we, we, we never was so happy before. We just sent this to take and today in the morning we just woke up and we, we had very good rest. Now, for those that didn't hear my conversation with you on Monday, the generosity of Ukrainians as you were traveling in the car across Ukraine was astonishing. They gave you food. Uh, you managed to have a, the, an odd wash, but they were cooking hot meals all the way along for the piles of refugees that were leaving Ukraine. Yeah, that's true. People were just standing uh, on the roads. They were coming to you, knocking the window and saying, do you want some uh, warm soup to eat? We have coffee, tea. If you need toilet, you can go to my house and use it. So they're very generous. They're very nice. I posted on my Instagram video with one lady. She was just cooking on the street some potato, giving sandwiches. She led people to her house. She was standing and crying together with all these people, with all these women. She she is an angel. I'm just saying that she's real angel. Same like all the rest, same like all other people who was offering help. But you know, Neil, here in Poland, the same. Uh, I would say 90% of people they supporting they they. Uh, they helping so much. Uh, in Ireland as well, I'm getting messages on my Instagram. Ladies offering house uh, for free with two bedroom. If uh, if I'm bringing someone from Ukraine, so she said they can stay, pay free. People calling, how can I help? We everybody like the whole world is standing together at the moment in these hard times, you know. Now, and this makes us feel more safe, you know. But it must have been very sad crossing the border out of your home country. It must be heartbreaking it to is. leave it behind in the circumstances that it's in. Yeah, it is hard. But you see, for me, I live already eight years in Ireland. And for me, it was very bad luck to come uh, back to Ukraine for, for one week. I came and it started everything. So I have basically here with me my luggage. I will come back to Ireland and I will be with my children, with my uh, loved ones, but for my friend who is traveling with me, she just packed quickly one luggage with her few truck suits and few pairs of runners, and she needs to start new life. Now she needs to to understand, to think where to go, and just she, her son, and two small luggages, and that's it. All their life, it's in Kiev. They just locked apartment. She's praying that this apartment will stay, not they, that they will not bomb this apartment because all her life is there. You know, I just told her take all the documents your documents for your property everything that you have to yeah. take with you because yeah. if they will destroy the city you will never prove that it was yours yes so they don't know what to do now they just uh, they just in desperate they and how does she how does she explain what's going on to her son 
he is very quiet. He is not asking, you know, he's 11. I think he understands already everything. Now again, he was sleeping all night and now again on the back seat he's sleeping. I think for kids it's kind of protection, you know, they trying to sleep this, not to think, not to not to see all this mess what's going on around. Okay. Okay. And they're not talking. He's not asking nothing. He's just sitting and very quiet. He's in shock, He's I would in think. Shock, yeah. He's in yeah, shock. Yeah. He's in shock. So when you got across the border then, um, were you provided with, did you say that you're currently staying in B&B, is it? We, yeah, we already were driving uh, towards Warsaw because this town... You started again on the route to Warsaw now. Yeah, yeah, we did, yeah. They are in Warsaw. We have my boyfriend's family and they say that come to us, stay a few days, just feel that you're safe already, stay with family, and then you will decide what to do. Because anyway, here we stay in this B&B, and we don't know nobody, you know. We, we need at least someone local who will, who will be with us, because it's very hard. People don't speak English. I need to call to my uh, Polish boyfriend all the time, so he's translating for us. It's very difficult. People here, they don't speak English. So just explain that to me. You call your boyfriend back in Cork and he speaks Polish on on your behalf and then translates what they say back to you. Yeah, we had problem with the car, so he found for us somehow uh, the garage. They fixed everything, and then he was on speaker. I was uh, giving the phone to this guy who fixed car for us, and they were speaking with my boyfriend because other is no options to explain. They don't understand. I see. I see. And how long will it take you? Is it is it going to be a slow journey to Warsaw? It's 700 kilometers approximately, so Google Maps shows uh, like six hours for us, six hours more on the road. And when you arrive in Warsaw, will you stop there for a while before you continue your journey or would you hope to get a flight from Warsaw to Cork? I hope that I will go straight to my children because they every day calling me, they crying, they cannot even go to school. My daughter has already kind of nerve breakdown. In Cork. She's very warm. Yeah, yeah, in Balancolic, yeah. I didn't know, Vika, that you had children here. My apologies. I have. I have twin daughters. They're 13 years old. Yeah, they're waiting for me in Balancolic. They're very worn. But at least you have mobile phone connection to stay in touch with them. Yeah, they all the time. They're texting me, calling me nonstop. Yeah, they're supporting me how they can, you know. But for them, it's very difficult as well. And you're, you're aware that many Ukrainians will be coming to European countries, amongst them Ireland. You're aware of that. And there's a call out now for yeah. people to be able to open their doors and perhaps take some refugees for a period yeah. of time. Yeah. So my friend, uh, the girl who is with me now, she's thinking as well to go with me. Because, uh, you know, it's easier to start new life, at least when you have someone, when you know someone, than you're alone in the country. I know, I know. But Fika, she'd be lost without you. I know, I know she will. So that's why I'm trying to convince her to come together with me. At least I know already someone. People will help. People will give her, they will help with the, with job, with the, with accommodation, with everything. You know, it's it will be easier. Okay, okay. Listen, um, I'm so happy you got across the border. It's been a long, slow, exhausting journey. Um, and that yeah. you have a safe trip to Warsaw and the next stage of your return home, because this is home now. So stay safe and yeah. uh, I'll stay in touch with you, okay? 
Thank you very much, Neil. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Okay, Vika, mind yourself. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Take care. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Uh, thank you so much. I got another text in overnight from somebody else who was trying to explain it in storyboard language, you know, as in, in, a, in a conversational way as to what's going on in the East. Here it is. A friend of mine sent me this as a good way to explain Putin to kids if they're worried about it all. After the last big playground fight, World War II, lots of popular kids, world leaders, got together and made a big gang, NATO. And all the kids in the gang made a pinky promise, a treaty, to be nice and respectful and not fight each other anymore. This means not going into each other's part of the playground country without permission, not throwing sticks and stones, heavy artillery, at each other. And they were all part of the gang. But then a new kid, Ukraine, joined the playground and a big bad bully, Russia, started picking on the new kid, all because he's a greedy bully and bossy and wanted the new kid's playground space for himself, even though he is one of the biggest spaces in the playground anyway. But sadly, the new kid is not part of the gang because the big bad bully didn't want the new kid to join the gang. We would be breaking our pinky promise if any of the gang members helped the new kid fight the bully. We've been told, we have all been told, we have all told the bully off and stuck up for the new kid by hiding the bully's pocket money until the bully stops hurting the new kid. Uh, And this will hopefully stop the bully from buying more sticks and stones. We've also given the new kid lots of our own sticks and stones to fight the bully because this is not breaking the pinky promise. Even though it is really, really sad, all we can do now is stand on the edge of the playground and watch and give moral support to the new kid because we're not allowed to fight the bully for them, not without breaking the pinky promise. But if the bully breaks the promise and comes into our part of the playground... Ireland, for instance, without permission and throws sticks or stones at us, then the whole of the gang, NATO, will come and help us and we will all jump on top of the bully Russia and we will beat him up. Um, and that's just an interesting way, I think, if you ever want to explain it to a child, because uh, we all know of what bullies are like. In fact, there's research out at the moment that's quite alarming with the increase in bullying of children in school. Might come back to that a little later on. Lots of texts uh, with regards to uh, Ukraine and indeed uh, from yesterday's programme. Uh, for many people, the trust of mainstream media has been broken beyond repair. The last two years, you see, we were fed a one-sided narrative feeding off the fear and despair of the Irish public. Personally, I will never forgive or forget the actions of journalists and media figures over the past two years. This is why you are now getting callers on your programme questioning everything, questioning the narrative in Ukraine, and only the Irish media have themselves to blame for it. By the way, I don't include yourself in this. You guys at least offered some bit of balance. Yesterday, actually, there was accusations that there shouldn't have been balance on the air, particularly with the narrative of people who were, I suppose, in some way, trying to explain the Russian perspective. Uh, Neil, you must stop blackmailing people that they support Putin. Nobody supports the war. Irish people are incredibly informed. They want different perspectives, you see, for a balanced opinion. So please do not reduce your conversation to the worn-out narrative of NATO good, Putin bad. And describing the Donbass dispute as a small dispute is ignorant. I didn't actually call it a small dispute, I called it a regional one. Um, The region is bigger than Ireland, for God's sake. You must stop peddling fake news. There's no proof that thousands of Russian soldiers died. The content of his show this morning, from yesterday morning, was alarming. 
alarming that you would allow such warped individuals on air to shout and roar at each other. It sounded unbelievably bad and irresponsible. You need to cop yourself on. Another one or two. Uh, You should do your research. The conflict in eastern Ukraine was started by Russian rebels and funded by Putin. People from both sides have died in this conflict. Just for balance. I don't know what part of that I haven't been saying already, to be honest with you. Um, uh, Too much self-righteous glee. Russian football clubs have been banned from European competitions. The national team have been banned from the upcoming World Cup. Uh, in Qatar. Leave aside for a moment the fact that if we were to consistently apply this standard, um, Shamrock Rovers would likely be champions of Europe and some hitherto unheard of South Pacific Island would be holders of the Jules Rimet World Cup trophy. Leave aside for a moment because the true hypocrisy is that all those nations who couldn't bring themselves to compete in any competition in which Russia fielded a team had no issue in sending national representatives to the Beijing Winter Olympics at the same time as China was committing actual genocide against the Uyghurs and other ethnic and religious minorities in regions of China. Thank you for that, Richie. And one more for now. I didn't realize we had such people in Ireland. Can I just apologize to any Ukrainian people living in this country? Those two people who spoke on your show does not represent even uh, a minutia of 1% of Irish people. So, on behalf of all Irish people, accept our apologies to people living here in Cork. We know exactly what Ukrainians are going through. They're being bullied by one of the biggest bullies on the planet Earth. The Irish people support Ukraine 1,000%. Obviously, with talk radio, you get idiots in every country. Unfortunately, living through this war, uh, the Ukrainian people did not need to hear the kind of BS that's been coming out from some of your callers on your program. Those texts to 0868104106. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench, every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Prenderville Show And you can get in touch uh, by text to 0868 106 And I will um, just, you know I, I, I do uh, an amount of calls and texts on, on Ukraine every single day And will continue to do so As again, this is your program If you want to get in touch, I'm happy to chat with you uh, Particularly if you do want to get involved And help Ukrainian refugees that are travelling over here And I'm also seeing businesses uh, More businesses now want you to get involved with sending aid and that could be a lot of the aid that was already described on air this morning uh, to uh, Ukraine. In fact, I know the Tumi Precision Engineering in Bandon has an Arctic truck going to Ukraine on Friday and they've got a call out to the public uh, and other businesses to help to fill uh, that Arctic. Uh, there's need for lots of supplies, but particularly over-the-counter medical supplies. If we get an opportunity to talk to Ronan Toomey from Precision Engineering and Bandon, I certainly will do so. But lots of texts on different topics and also calls uh, from yesterday's program. I was chatting with uh, Paddy O'Brien about the state of our health system and unfortunately, I have some more horror stories for you. Um, I'm Bear in mind, there are good stories and, you know, we probably don't hear enough of the good stories coming out of our hospitals as we do the bad ones. Uh, But we were touching on different topics yesterday, including... And the only reason that I brought up uh, those who work in the home health sector or home support is because I'm hearing more and more that they're under more and more pressure. uh, And that in some cases, uh, those that are in need of help like that are getting help once a week and sometimes it can be as little as 20 or 30 minutes and that's becoming all too regular. That is not in any way a criticism of those who provide the services. So I hope this texture didn't interpret it differently. I'm a home support, home help. Do you know what our job actually contains 
We do end of life. We work with and help cancer patients. Most houses we have to hoist people, change them, wash them, shower them, change pads, clean vomit, spoon feed, spoon feed most people, uh, prompt them to take their medication. We work 12 days in a row with no break. We go to work at 7.30 a.m. and two weeks we work until 7.30 at night. The other two weeks we finish at 3 or 4. I am so upset by the comments. Uh, he does not know what he's talking about. We don't have time to clean houses because the clients we have are very sick. Families could step in and do that. No house would be left dirty, though I'm actually traumatized. Um, so it's families should make sure that no house would be left dirty. I'm so tired from work. And to be brought down like that, please, um, is upsetting. Um, it, it wasn't uh, criticism of those that are providing uh, such wonderful care. It was actually the system where more is needed and more people need to be hired and people in need are alone or vulnerable or unwell or elderly need more visits. Uh, what Paddy was saying is true. My father is in a care home. We also t- touched on care homes. He's there three years now. We asked for this home when we started searching for residential care. There were no places there. Then two weeks later, we got a text and a call telling us that there was a place available because someone had passed away. And we're very happy. It's a fantastic place. Love the show, says Noel. Sadly, you don't tell me where that is. I'd like to know. Uh, you are mad if you believe that the bad treatment of patients is down to nurses being overworked. I can guarantee you that there are nurses and carers that should not be in their jobs. They do not care, some of them. They studied hard for a job that they thought they would love. And as it turns out, the job doesn't suit them. This happens across the board. Men going into trades that end up hating it or not being able to be good at it. People in retail that might pretend that a certain item isn't in stock when in fact they just can't be bothered. Some nurses are exactly the same. They just can't be bothered. They don't like their job, you see, and they're probably hoping that someone else will come along and get the water or the toilet roll for the patient or help to feed the patient. Not all doctors and nurses are caring. Interesting perspective by text to 0868104106. I know of a person who's a carer for her mother. She only calls to her once a week and it's her mother. Keep those texts coming. Actually, quickly, let me just go to Ronan because I was just telling you that he's got an Arctic truck going to the Ukraine on Friday. Ronan, good morning. Good morning, Neil. And How it's are you? going from Precision Engineering and Band. I know of your company. Did we chat before? We did indeed. Okay, okay. Well, wh- what have you got in mind? Well done, incidentally. You want to fill it and you want the public's help to fill it. What are you looking for? At the moment, Neil, we've uh, about half the truck uh, in volume, you know, ready to be filled. Um, the truck has been kindly donated by Christy Lucy Transport in Bellivorney. I know them. Big transport company. Sure. Lots of Arctics, yeah. Absolutely. So they've given it free of charge and supplying um, a driver also, a guy that came out of retirement, uh, Nina Shannon man, Audi to me. Audi. Uh, he's gone driving, coming out of retirement and driving the truck himself to the Polish border on Friday. So at the minute, what we have, as I was saying, we have half a truckload. And if I know there's people out there that have donations to give, but are wondering how they can get it there. So what we'd like to do is facilitate those people if they want to bring it to the, the our unit here on the bypass in Bandon. Uh, we, we'd be more than willing to load it onto our pallet. And, and ideally, what, yeah, and pallet it onto the Arctic, the Lucy Transport Arctic, and away goes Poddy. But what are you looking for so people have an idea? 
We got a message there this morning from one of the doctors and what they're appealing for, Neil, is um, they're in dire need of uh, basic medical supplies, as in over-the-counter um, medications like uh, paracetamol, bandages, um, Calpol for kids, Nurofen, and the likes of that stuff, you know, basic medication. Why aren't they getting it? I thought NATO, European countries, many charities were providing huge amounts of that. Yes, but um, as they were saying, they have, they've received quite a number of it, but they haven't received enough, is what they were saying this morning. Over-the-counter medicine. Um, uh, may, may, maybe we're talking about a lot of babies who need formula, perhaps uh, nappies? Perha- yes, yes. Um, we've received an awful lot of nappies to date, but I would say that we would need a lot more. Uh, also, what they're looking for is blankets and sleeping bags because they have people sleeping on, in the undergrounds and in poor conditions and they need to keep them warm. I'm just making a list here. Blankets, uh, sleeping bags, over-the-counter uh, medicines, cough bottles, things like that, paracetamol. You also mentioned uh, nappies, maybe sanitary products of a general nature. Um, yes. Anything related to babies that they might need, baby formula, things like that. Yes, and um, sanitary products, you know, like toothpaste, toothbrushes, women's care, and basic sanitary products, you know. Okay, okay, okay. And um, like we're actually working in in conjunction with Cracked Cafe here in Bandon as well. Like they've uh, collected an awful amount of stuff also. And it's amazing, like we've just an amazing amount of people here in the locality and the surrounding areas like that have been... It's actually left a lump in our throat with the support that we've been given, which is fantastic, you know, know. for the people and the local businesses also. Like, I don't want to name any of them because I'm afraid of leaving somebody out. I got you, yeah. But you couldn't get enough blankets and sleeping bags, I'd say. Absolutely not. What about clothing, warm clothing, coats, jackets, things like that? Yes, but what we would like to do is if people have new stuff that they want to give. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, our, 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 our very good stuff, because what we don't want it to be turning into is, you know, like a recycling it's, centre. It's not a recycling centre. Yeah, let, let, yeah. Let, yeah, I understand. No need to explain any further. Let people use their own cop on. And Paddy, that'll be filled by Friday, you hope, and then Paddy will head off on the journey. It'll be a, How long would that take him? Uh, it'll take him four days to get there. The ferry, he's, he's leaving on the ferry, the 3 o'clock ferry from Rosslare on Friday and heading across... And he's bringing his two sons with him. And when he gets to the Polish border, what's planned then? What would happen at that stage? What they'll do then is they'll, they'll meet um, the humanitarian aid on the Polish border. And then what they're doing then is they'll empty the truck. And what they're doing then is, I don't know, because of logistics or yeah. whatever, what they're doing then is having single containment of the trucks, like... They'll have one truck going in, then further with, say, all nappies and nothing else. Yeah. Then the next truck then will follow on, then, say, with all non-perishable foods. Yeah. And another truck then maybe with um, clothing and blankets. Okay, so you want non-perishable food as well. Non-perishable food as well, yeah. Okay, okay. Well done to all concerned and for you for for coming together and making this happen. Lucy Transport, Paddy Toomey and his two sons. So, if people want to get involved, the bypass in Bandon, that's around to the left as you go into Bandon, is it? It's, you come into the roundabout uh, by Kevin O'Leary, then yeah. you swing up left, correct me. And is yes. that where 
uh, precision engineering is based. That's where people are to yes. go. We're across the road from the Apple Green filling station into the industrial estate there. Okay, okay. Maybe we might check in with you again Friday morning to see how that's going, all right? Brilliant, and appreciate that. And well thank you to everybody that has supported us. Well, well done on that initiative. Thank you so much for taking the call, Ronan. and good luck with it. All the best for now. Thank you very much, Neil. Text Thank 086-8104-106. Back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Hiya. Red FM. You're right, Richie. You need lights. You really do. If you're driving around, even now, I saw what he's talking about earlier this morning coming out the link and there was a car with no lights on and it was a hazard to all of the other cars around him. Or her. I don't know who was driving it. But he says, I've been dra- dra- traveling on the motorway in heavy fog and the amount of cars with no rear lights on is ridiculous. Richie says a lot of newer cars have automatic front running lights and I think drivers assume their lights are on front and rear. It's a stupid design, whoever dreamed it up. Well, that comes as new to me, as news to me. I know a lot of cars, you know, they're not necessarily brand new cars, but a lot of cars have the A button, you know, for your lights. You put it on A and they automatically come on and stay on all of the time and you drive with them on and then you shut the car down and the lights go off automatically. That's the A button. Uh, but are you saying to me that that's just for front lights? That's interesting. Anyway, listen, whatever you do, make sure you put on some lights because it's a dangerous time. I was mentioning earlier on the analogy of the story of Russia being a bully. Um, it reminded me of an email that I got in from a heartbroken mother. She says, my heart's breaking for my daughter. She's 11 years old and has cerebral palsy. She's one of the hardest working kids you could ever meet. She works so hard on a daily basis to maintain her own mobility to try and live the best life, a normal life, to keep up with her peers. But in one split second, the harsh words of one child can bring her crashing down. While the bullying upsets her, the fact that nobody says anything upsets her more. I really feel you should discuss this topic more on air. We might not be able to stop the bullies, but if we encourage other kids to stay to say things like, stop, that's not nice, it might make a difference. Then she drills into some examples and details. And while she is thankful that her daughter bounces back um, and, uh, you, know, um, you know, she has some great friends, but not necessarily all of them are in the school playground. She says, for the second time this week, this kid has come out of school crying. And God, it takes all that I have not to cry with her. She's talking about her daughter. She's tough. She's of tough stuff and takes most things in her stride. But some of the comments hit hard. Remember now, her daughter has cerebral palsy. Today, she was playing catch in the yard. And unfortunately, she she kept getting caught. But the hard part was, one of the kids said, Catch Anna, so she can't run. But afterwards, the same kid ran circles around her and kept saying, I bet you can't catch me, I bet you can't catch me. Why, oh why, can kids be so cruel? She's 11 years old, has been around these kids for years, so they're well aware of her difficulties. She walked to the car today on her own, because she can't walk as fast as the others. She got into the car and burst out crying. And there's nothing I could do or say to console her. And that hurt me so much. Not being collected in the wheelchair spot was a huge thing for her. Today, she asked me, can I park in the wheelchair spot in future? Today, this kid has lost her spirit, her fight, by the actions of one child. It took all I had not to cry with her. Uh, So while she has now stopped crying, now I'm crying. I will do my best for her, always, but sadly, uh, I can't control how others will treat you. But for all you parents um, hearing this today, please, please talk to your kids. Ask them to be more aware of those around them. Ask them to think before they speak. 
Try and picture the world through someone else's eyes. It might just make someone's day a little bit easier. God, I feel so deflated right now. Thank you for that. And she actually sent me a photograph of her lovely daughter and she's crying in the back seat of the car and her heart is just broken. And unfortunately, it's broken most days because of the challenges she has to put up with. But I can tell you one thing. There's a report out recently that looked at five years in Ireland up to 2018 that saw a dramatic increase in children reporting being bullied at school. And it's a worry. And it's the most up-to-date data that we have actually on bullying. And it looks at the age group of 10 to 17-year-olds. And it can come in many different shapes and sizes. Like I heard a story recently um, of the pressure that parents and their children are under with regards to, like, mobile phones. And I know I've spoken about this numerous times on the air. At what age should you give your child a mobile phone? Because all phones that you'd be giving now would be smartphones. It's, I, I don't know, does anybody give a child uh, a simple mobile phone where you can just text and make calls in anymore? I'd say not. I'd say they'd be mocked in school. So it would have to be a top-of-the-range Apple or a Samsung or a thing like that where you have access to all of the social media platforms, etc., etc., etc. But at what age? The reason I mention this is because this parent's um, son is 11 years old and they were trying to hold out as much as possible. But the young fella was getting grief and being bullied and taunted in school by being the only young fella without a mobile phone. So I believe, what I was told anyway, was the family gave in and gave him uh, the mobile phone, all that they were trying to hold off for as long as they could. It was just down to pressure, being bullied and mocked as being the odd one out. That kind of thing. Uh, and that's a, that's a worry. I mean, I, I imagine 11 actually is probably old enough now, I think. Um, I think probably mobile phones are given to children at a much younger age than that. Smartphones. And I'm assuming that there are all sorts of restrictions and rules and blocks that you can put on mobile phones for kids. But we talked about this many years ago and it seems as if uh, it hasn't improved much because some parents are trying to hold out as long as they can. So what is a good age, you know, notwithstanding that there will be pressure? Because if you've got a bunch of them in school who are given a mobile phone at seven or eight, they'll be mocking others in the class because they don't have them. And then there'll be pressure in the family for you to give your child one. So at what age is the age? Or a mobile phone is given to a child for the very first time. Text 0868104106. And I'll come back to that hopefully later this morning. But uh, if you have a story to share, incidentally, you can always email neil at redfm.ie. Um, back to the phone lines ago. Anita, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Okay, so that's um, a truck that's heading on Friday to the Polish border. What are you guys planning? Well, hopefully, well, this afternoon I'm going to take my kids to town and we're going to try and pick up a few bits and pieces. But, like, I'm lucky I do have a car and I can drive to Bandon if needs be at the weekend. And you have an idea as to what they're looking for? Well, we don't, don't leave it too late. It's going on Friday. Oh, it's Friday. Yes. Yeah, see, I was thinking a lot of people in the city who want to donate mightn't be able to get to Bandon to drop off the place. I was thinking, how about we get the big red bus in the city? And everybody in Cork in the city can go head into town and drop stuff in and we fill it in true rebel style. You're inspired, you know that? That is a fantastic idea. Well done. That, that never even entered my head. That's a brilliant idea. So we'll put it down you know maybe what, around the junction of Grand Parade and South Mall or something like that? I'd say people will come in their drones. Okay, um, I can I can get on that and get the wheels in motion there. I, I don't see any reason why the big red bus couldn't be filled and then travel to Bandon and everything that people give. Can you give me an hour or two on that? Yeah, it'd be brilliant, Neil. Well done. I'm watching, like, I'm watching the news and on YouTube and, oh my God, I mean, it's so sad. You think we have little problems here. Bad weather or having a bad day. And, oh, 
my heart's just going out to the people in Ukraine. Absolutely. Okay. Now listen, a couple of hours should make a big difference on that. I'll talk to Lee and some of the gang here and see if we can make that happen. I think it's a great idea and thank you for proposing it. Let's see if we can make that happen. Fill it up. Get everything then down to Bandon Friday morning. Get it all loaded up and away we go. Be fantastic, Neil. It's a huge help for people like in the city who don't drive. I love I have it. no way of getting them to I love it. I love it. Thank you for that. Okay, we'll get working on that immediately. It's there. It should be at our disposal. Let's hope that we can make that happen. Thank you, Anita. You're very kind. Um, I was, cheers. Take care. Um, I was uh, chatting earlier on this morning uh, about uh, the cleanup that's going on on down around with uh, regards to um, the transition your students were done on Blackrock Castle, and they're coming across all sorts of drug paraphernalia. Fair play to them. They're taking all the precautions necessary for that cleanup. There, as I was saying, there. Uh, students from a couple of schools uh, on Leeside. Get the article here. It's um, St. Coleman's College in Middleton and uh, 70 from Co- St. Coleman's College and 50 from Christ the King of the City organising the clean-up. And as I said, it's a bad, bad, notorious black spot. So some of the rubbish there is 30 years old. But they also uh, came across, unfortunately, drug paraphernalia there. Texter said to me recently, um, you always seem to cover the success stories in beating drugs, but not the other side. Um, I had a 150 euro drug debt that spiraled completely out of control. Eventually, I ended up owing 14,000 euro. I want to pick up on that text in a few minutes with Bernard. But the tsunami of drugs that we were talking about recently prompted this text. There's a huge problem with drug dealing in Bantry in case you think it's just happening in cities. It's rife in the community. It is out of control. West Cork is crawling with drugs. A tsunami of drugs is hitting the town daily. Uh, My daughter was spiked last week. She went out and had two drinks, and I found her unconscious on the street. She couldn't feel her legs, and all her friends thought she was just drunk. We were lucky that she could call me for help before she completely passed out. My advice through your program to all parents and anyone that knows who's dealing drugs in Bantry is report all drug dealers' names to the Gardaí. My advice to all out at night is mind your drinks, don't trust anyone. We all know who's dealing down here. We all know who is living the high life. These drug dealers are well known to the Gardaí. And the town needs to be cleaned up and jail the lot of them for a long time, once and for all. It doesn't matter who they are. It's time to report all dealers to the guards. Anyone that knows who's dealing, please report the dealer's details to Bantry Garda Station on 027 20860. I'll pick up on this after the break. Neil's got a new number. Call him now on 0818104106. Bernard, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good, my man. I got your note, actually. You said that I always seem to cover the success stories and beating drugs, but not the other side. I guess the only way yeah. I could answer that is that I don't often have people coming on, you know, talking about the fact that they're still in active addiction. It's like they, they've got other... Th- they're preoccupied with other things. Do you get me? No, no, I totally understand that. And, and I, I hope it didn't... Well, he said it didn't come across... No, I mean, no, because you're actually picking up on an issue where we were talking about the horror stories of drug debt. I, you know, it's, mm. it's a, there, is a, there is a downside to it. And, you know, I do share the success stories, you're right. But not everybody yeah. is successful. Yeah. Mind, you, mind you, you are. Uh, you went from big problems with drugs to helping the homeless now and helping people into recovery. Yeah, the, it went to a very slippy slide there for a long time. And I guess one of the reasons why I kind of wanted to talk to you as well about it was, 
you know, I think one of the things from sharing the story the last few years since it started is that you'd have people contacting you about all sorts of issues. And look, it, it's not saying that I can sort them out, but I just think what it is is that when once somebody takes that step forward and starts sharing, that others will come forward too. But, and I know we talk a lot about the drugs as well through the homeless, uh, the homeless scene and what's going on out in the street. Well, they call and it a tsunami of drugs now, and we're not talking about the city anymore. We're talking about country towns and villages. Oh, 100%, 110%. I said this a couple of years back, that for so long it's focused on in the city. And I'm not condoning it, but it kind of makes sense then for these gangs to sort of go to the countryside and then sort of work their way in again to get me. What happens when you get into debt with a dealer? Uh, at Natal, this would be possible, possible debt. Debt, as in like end-of-life situations. There was um, there's a, a young fellow I know is in the height of debt at the moment for cocaine, you know and talk a lot with his family and with himself and uh, number one he keeps lying to himself and he thinks it's not saying he thinks it's a joke as in like nothing's ever going to happen to him it doesn't matter who you're related to or who you're i suppose who how high up the food tree you are to get me there's always going to be somebody out there that's prepared to go one that one step further and he's he just doesn't seem to be listening to me when i was 18 or 19 now i'm 40 this year but and I know it's come back a good few years and people say, geez, it's a long time ago. Yeah, so but if anything, it's only... It. No, it's relevant because if anything, it's only got worse. Go ahead anyway. Yeah, I, it was my first experience of homelessness. I went from having a job to, um, you know, working in a bar and making great money and so on and so forth and just had a party, you know, whatever, you know. And then, like, I obviously my hometown, I, I could have went this place or that place to stay, but I just didn't because the mind at that time was just you know it's just heavy into the drug the drugs I was in cocaine and ecstasy and hash and weed and stuff like that you know yeah. and I remember having no money and I approached this fellow that I know as a dealer right and I says can you have you any stuff that I could sell and uh, you know make a few quid because I have nothing like yeah. he says yeah I'll give you 30 ecstasy tablets and start you off with that and the bill for it was supposed to be 150 euros but he takes 100 and I take 50 yeah. and he rang me up about an hour or two later and says to me, I want every single penny of that. And I was there going, what are you on about? Like, goes, well, if, if you don't give it to me, I'm just going to do this, that, and all the rest. So I, I, thought, I told him what to do with himself, yeah, you know? Yeah. I says, I'll keep it. So, And then um, he's not a fella to be messed with, you know, too, as well. But um, over the next couple of weeks and that, he was ringing me up all the time. He was calling the houses. He was, if he'd see me around town, he was chasing me in his car. And I was staying with a friend of mine and his girlfriend at the time. Uh, then, you know, uh, for a couple of weeks, because I was so tired, man, it was just burnt out. But I remember, like, it was coming close to her Juliet, so I had to move out. Mm. And I just told him I had somewhere to stay, but I didn't. Mm. Anyways, it was two or three days had passed by when I'd been walking around the whole lot. As I said, this fellow was chasing me and all the rest. So I said, you know, forget it. I'd go back over to your man's house where I was staying and ask him to take a shower or something. I'd even fall asleep in the chair for an hour or two. And I went over anyways, and I, I was ringing the bell. The next thing I could hear your man that was after me, his car. He went out with a very close person to me, uh, looking for me, you know. Mm. And one fellow jumped out of the car, and he said, get into the back of the car. And I was like, oh, lads. Because usually I'd run, Neil, to be honest, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, to try and get away. But I just was so tired, man, from everything. And I just didn't. So I got into the car, and I was driven to a house. And this fellow that helped him set me up stayed outside with your man's girlfriend. And I was brought upstairs into a back bedroom. There's only a bit of mattress on the ground, you know. Mm. And uh, he, he started beating me up and asked me where the money was. And 
I, I had nothing, you know. Mm. So next thing he tied me up uh, with all the brown duct tape and tied my arms to the, you know, right down close by my sides, if you get me. Yeah. And I, I had no space to move. I mean, he was there slapping me and punching me and kicking me and spitting on me and everything else. And this was going on for a good while. And the next thing he says, I'll give you two. And again, if stop me at any point, if it gets too heavy for, for people. But again, it's it's about getting to the hopefully putting the frighteners up some of them you know mm. but he says to me again this is over 150 euro that um, you can jump out the second story window and if you've survived the fall in the garden your debt is cleared right and as mad as it was I was looking going like I could survive the fall I probably broke up but you man had two dogs in the garden pit bulls even if I survived that fall I, I would have been mangled by yeah, the dogs yeah, yeah. You know? you'd have two broken legs and mauled by two pit bulls not, <laughs> yeah. not much of an option really to be honest no it would be just my luck too as I said I, I would get, I'd end up getting fitted by the dogs if it wouldn't be bad enough but next thing he says to me uh, put out your arm I said what are you on about he says put out your arm and he says I'll drop a dumbbell on it and it'll be a clean break and he says I'm not doing that either you know, because when I was younger, a lot of stuff happened when I was younger, and I just I switched flicked. I know we can't go into some certain stuff, but yeah. um, I just said, get it over and done with because I wanted to go anyways, you know, because you know yourself. But um, when I refused that, then he bet me up some more, and he threw me up onto the bed, bet me up again, and then threw me on the floor. And this, the part is, is disgusting, but it, it, again, it, it's, it's what they do to you. They dragged me by my collar around the floor and dragged me into the bathroom and was flushing my head on the toilet that wasn't flushed. So basically the yeah. toilet was dirty yeah. and uh, he kept repeatedly flushing my head on the toilet. And um, You can't get yeah, blood out of a stone like you didn't have any money. How, how did he, Were you eventually let go and the drug debt just got bigger and bigger or what? It absolutely spiralled. Like when I was going then after, he must have kept me here for a couple of hours, but... When I was going, then I was kind of not long away from the house, and he ran after me again, and he says, "Oh, this person's going to get your family, and this this thing is going to happen if you go to the guards and all." I was like, "I had no intention of going to the guards, but anyways, that's how I ended up becoming a money mule as well. Uh, everything from that, it just what started off as 150 euro ended up over a period of a couple of weeks and months destroyed the rest of my life in some regards." It's only, like it's okay me saying like I want to go up there and help the homeless now and X, Y, and Z. There's certain stuff I can't do because of it now, do you know? Mm-hmm. And that's the consequence of... of what's a money of, mule? Uh, what's a money mule? You know, there's been a lot of stuff, conversation there in the last few months about it. And basically your bank accounts could be used, right, or, so you, yeah. you know, yeah. or that you could um, be asked to try to recruit someone else or... You know, there's all, there is different components as such to it, you know. You had a bank account that was being used to uh, launder criminal money and things. That we ever caught doing that? There was. Uh, I was questioned a couple of times about it, but I didn't really have much to go on. And I'm saying I'm not trying to incriminate myself here too, you know. Okay, well, le- let's leave it although, at that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, listen, I'm not trying to cover away because listen, my heart was broke over this young fellow, and I hope he hears because... You know, and they're blaming parents and this, that, and all the rest. And as you know, my mum passed away there just at the start of the pandemic in yes, 2020. And when I got the news in 2019 that mum, you know, um, she was terminal basically, and I'd had to start going home and just be with them as much as I could right up to the end, or, you know, yourself. And I stayed away for 10 years because of, of the threat was so serious and so severe. Um, Did you go to Italy 
to um, just avoid that. I think it was fourteen thousand euro the debt built up to. Did you go away because of that? Oh yeah, I had no choice but to run. Uh, basically, a part of me did want and genuinely hand on heart, really wanted to get help. You know, of course, so I like I don't want to be uh, you know dying of dying of an overdose or you know or people just beating up seems like for fun or for sport. You know, that's not what I wanted. But I ended up yeah going to a Catholic rehab in Italy for I think it was nearly nine or ten months. Were you on heroin uh, at that stage? No, no, no. I actually joined hand on heart again. I've never touched her when I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, but look, it makes me no better, Neil, because even down to the weed deaths or trouble from that was just as bad as the heroin. But do they still come come looking for the 14 grand or has it continued to rise? No, well, so look, I've been told one day I'm going to get shot over it. I lived for the first two years of my life down here in Cork. I was living in pure paranoia about not having an, a Facebook account or, you know, having to lie to people and say, oh, my, my last name isn't what I said. It's like, Bernard O'Hare is my name. But I was telling other people then, oh, it was different in case anyone would have known anyone. And they'd pass the message, but they'd pass the message back and they'd get back to the dealers. Because I guess those dealers, they also owe money up the food chain, don't they? Ah, yeah, of course they owe, they owe money, but they're not short of it either. But it's just more so the principle, because once, like, even with such a small amount and so severe in terms of the punishment that they dished out... For 150, is, uh, yeah. For making me an example... What would they do of, for 14, 15, 16 grand? Take you out? Oh, 100%, yeah. So a couple of years ago, someone sent a message to another message from this person, and he said, look, if you can give me, if you give me five grand, you can come home. Um, but if you, if you come home, the Sligo went out. Uh, a cent who goes you're a dead man and all this and, you know it's insane I, I, I also hear that they um, okay they come after the person who owes the money but they also threaten their family now that could be parents partners children grandparents they don't care where it comes from isn't that the case oh yeah they don't they, they don't care at all now my dad is very anti-drugs you know I uh, saw so I was a bit of an anomaly in my house when it comes to that stuff you know but um, we had my dad had a taxi business years ago and he had I think it was about five or six cars burnt out you know back in 2011 no sorry 2012 four o'clock in the morning was, broke, uh, sorry was that because of your debt I believe some of it was Neil over the years how do you yeah. feel about yeah, that one, sure I. it's no wonder I'm on my own it's no wonder I'm so messed up um, now you know I've been doing well for so long I, I don't see this is a message again about trying to get across to young people and the effects of it like 2010 basically my mum like she she wasn't well for a long time you know especially with her with her legs and stuff and not being able to walk properly do you know what I mean mm. I got so much into debt they were trying to get me out of, I was four to 14 grand that I'm telling you was only to one person but there was other drug that said it was like trying to rob Peter to pay Paul so what was the total and, debt Oh, Jesus, I'd say, uh, oh, probably 17 or 18, I'd say. I know, there are other people walking around Cork now with drug debts to dealers like that. I know a lot of them. I, a lot of them. But you know, the thing about it is, Nate, it used to be people that were in, say, mid-20s, or sorry, no, late-20s to 30s or 40s or whatever the case is. There are so many young people now that are in so much drug debt 
like the only reason and not in a bad way I've never shared a story about what ha- happened to me before again behind the scenes but you know you have parents coming to me and saying you know about their son or their daughters and dad will you have a chat with them but what else can I do after that you, know? well, you can't clear that um, I mean you can't go and they won't go to the guards because the dealers then will will turn on their families yeah but sure listen uh, one of the reasons when I came to Cork after like I went to Italy as I said but I came to, uh, back to Ireland and um, I couldn't go home obviously so they told me about this place in, in Ladies Bridge called Mutamera's again it was a Catholic run rehab type house you know it's there for about three, or three months or so and then when I started off in the, the hospital there in Angus Street to get rent announced because I was from Sligo even though I was never in the system I had to give them a reason to uh, as to why I, I'm allowed to stay in Sligo or sorry stay in Cork and I had to end up getting a, a letter from a detective to be put on file with the council in the hospital to say it's for his own safety. It's that for his own giving. safety that he stays yeah. out of Sligo. I know what you're saying. Yeah, thank God you got and that I letter. Out. Yeah, that's why when you asked, sorry, I might have gone away off a bit there when he said about uh, do I regret it? All, all the time I've missed out on so much stuff. How do you occupy I your time now, now that you're free of drug use and addiction? Well, I wasn't completely. Uh, I wasn't completely free of it, Neil. You know, I've an ongoing cases. You know, and I know we can't get into it. And I'm not trying to think, but I, it was all set to be over at the last of November, and I got so depressed when I got the call, put off again, and I ended up starting using again. I started self harming, tried to go to the hospital to get a bed, and did no bed for me, and mm. so now I'm put on medication. But I used to do for years. That's why I was trying to use what happened to me in a positive way through the street runs, through the videos, and that's why I, I garnished so much support. You know, and not everyone's cup of tea, I understand that, but... Well, I find um, you very honest and open. You'll answer any question I ever ask you, and so, since we uh, since we spoke lose. since we spoke last, you had a slip. Yeah, I know I did. I got myself into an awful month in the deck where I had to try and you know, fix it, and I feel so bad that I couldn't fix that young for this problem with his debt, because there was this, you know, the loan sharks, and you know, this or that, and I need to get out of that, but I was like, I'm... Have gotten myself in the dead as well. See, that's why another reason why I, I am out in the street runs. Like I just still don't try to do me bit behind the scenes, but I don't think it's very suitable for what's going on. You know. Um, now how are you now? Are you uh, have you have you um, got back on the wagon? Yeah, I'm trying to. Like I've been put on medication there since what happened at the end of November. Um, was the first time in my life to properly be on this stuff. You know, it's made a world of difference. I still have a, a, a mess to clean up as such, but... Yeah, but Bernard, um, please don't hurt yourself, you know, please don't. No, I don't want to need, you know, and I, again, I just want to make this in, all this interview about me, but I want to do something with what's going on, but it, 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 they call it the perfect storm as such when so much stuff happens in a row, and I, I used to be so, like, happy and good and everything, but I just, so much has happened in the last uh, two years, and these three years, you know, it wasn't just the pandemic, but... Um, it's just the part of it. It happened when I was younger, as I said, I was doing well for years. But it's the guilt as well, going back to, as you said, do I feel guilty about stuff or do I feel bad? All the time. Mm. You know, and it's just not worth it. You know, that's all the way. I do. And, and listen, I don't have any answers for you, apart from the fact that yeah. it's, it would be, it's sad that you're carrying so much guilt with you. It would be great to be able to park that and move on with the rest of your life in a new chapter because that's belong to the history books now, you know? Yeah. But you see, what helps me as well, and you know, I, I love doing my talks and stuff like that, but people more spent, and I'm grateful for the support, but people who are more like, 
interested in me as uh, as a person telling the story, which is I know you know it's a good thing you need more stories like this to get out there. But it, what got me down was that I wasn't been taken serious. I was like, look at all these problems that are going on. I I, I don't like other people that's out there doing the same thing. You don't get out and far. It's the right thing to do. But when you oh, so many young people now these days, and of course it's a lot of triggers and people tell me counselors have told me to walk away from the whole scenes, you know, it's affecting me and so on and so forth. But everyone must have turned their back on it and everyone must have stick their fingers in their ears about all this stuff. But maybe you, you have know? done as much as you can and maybe for your own health, your own health now, mental and physical going forward, you need to turn your back on everybody else's problems and deal with fixing yourself. I know, but I don't. I spent so long in a days in a haze through drug use, July, uh, and I nearly got, I nearly died when I was seventeen. I, I ended up taking my first ecstasy tablet, ended up collapsing up the hospital. You know, all this kind of stuff and so much crazy stuff has happened over the years. But I can't just walk away. What else am I going to do with myself? You know, and this is where I want to do, and this is where I want to affect some sort of change too. Yeah, because okay. yeah. a bit like the homelessness, where you have parents and families coming to, you and their son is overdosing, or their daughter is, and just nothing seems to be changing. I know, as I said, the point of the interview was so many young people are in drug there, and there's help out there, and you know there there is so much help. It's just wish that more people, and especially young people, would do something about it and, see and they seem is, as if know? they're almost untouchable these dealers don't they those that uh, are owed the money oh of course they are because there's always some sort of uh, let's say it, there's also some donkey that's going to go out there and, and try to impress them and everything else but a lot of it is ruled with fear and intimidation is, you know yeah. Um, yeah. the threat of violence the threat of sexual violence the threat of you know, a lot of the reasons in the last few years I was doing interviews was people were holding some of the stories that I'm telling you now or holding you over a barrel or people find out this, that and all the rest. That's why you do what you do, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, what they do to you is just something else. And as I, again, this whole money you thing as well, that came back to bite me after 20 years with an account. And I was there going, it just was not worth it. No, no, it you never know. is. In, it never is in hindsight. Listen, um, look after yourself, will you? It's good to chat. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, and just just stay in touch and keep fighting the fight. Uh, no, I will, Neil. And thanks for the opportunity to talk about it. Because, again, it doesn't matter who's doing it, as long as someone is. Because just they need to know that there's help out there. And they need to know that they don't have to go down that road. And if they do go down that road, that there is serious consequences. Well, never starting is an awful lot better than stopping, you know. It's best never oh. to start at all. All right. Yeah, exactly. All right, Bernard, look after yourself. Take care. You too, Neil. Bye-bye. Bye. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Yeah, rearing children is tough and it's tougher now than it ever was. I personally believe there are more temptations now and more more reasons and uh, opportunities to slip. And another one, of course, is uh, debt to drug dealers and debt to loan sharks. Apparently, there's a number of families in Cork who are in the grip of drug dealer debt or in the grip of loan shark debt because of drugs um, and uh, that was the conversation I had with uh, Bernard who can't actually go back up to the west of Ireland because he still owes that 14 grand drug debt uh, and that's the reason why 
he came down here and stayed down here. The debt just does not go away. Actually, you know what? You're, you're talking about young people. I, th- I was blown away by that story of the transition year pupils at St. Coleman's College in Middleton and Christ the King in the city. They've come together. It's an own English story from the examiner and they're cleaning up. Um, you know, It's the equivalent of about 400 volunteer hours. And if you were paying for it, apparently, and it was done on a commercial basis, the cleanup would have cost over 12 grand. But they're doing it for free and it's a story that makes the examiner this morning. One of the organisers behind that is a teacher at St. Coleman's, he joins me by phone. Pranchius, good morning. Good morning, Neil. What a fabulous idea. You said they, you, you do it to rattle the cages of all of the people in their nice offices <laughs> and those in power to make change. That's fighting talk, man. It, it kind of is all right, isn't it? It is. It is a little bit. A little bit. Look, there, there, there is, I suppose, look, ultimately... Um, we're, we're doing this since 2015 under the, the, the guise of Clean Coast, Bally Namona. We're cleaning almost 80 kilometres of Cork coastline, which is, which is um, and the beaches on it, which is, a, which is almost 3% of the total Irish coastline. We do it for free. We, we, it kind of started off as something, and, and, and now, you know, it, it snowballed. Um, yesterday's event is um, probably more of us joining the dots and and um i suppose um having the the amazing students from from TY in my own school and Christ King um i was at a at a meeting where i, I met the principal from Christ King and we just were chatting and she said you know uh, miss long there said god we, we'd love to join you someday so that's, that's where it kind of grew out of you know and you know i i it's not necessarily rubbish that's been just thrown over the walls or anything you're saying no, a lot of what the collecting is tidal is it yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I think the majority of it is tidal. Um, and I think if anybody goes to Clean Coast Ballynamona Twitter feed, uh, we haven't got to the Instagram yet. We're, we're, we're trying to keep the, doing the day jobs as well. Um, you, you'll see some of the stuff that, that we were picking up. I mean, you know, I think this is a real classic example of, of when you throw something away, it doesn't go away. Um, so what we had is that we, we, had, uh, we found a 7-Up can which is pre-1989. It has the old pull ring tab on it. Unreal. It changed to the push ring tab uh, in 1989. So whilst, there, whilst we, 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 you so know... Flo- God we can't knows exactly where it came from um, where, yeah, over 30 years ago. Nearly 35 yeah. years yeah. ago. There was two Fanta cans, again, pre-1989. There was a Stag beer can pre-1989. Uh, or sorry, pre-1990. Um, there was a few crisp packets. One of the prices on the crisp packets was 17p. Mother uh, long time, long time How much since is the crisps is closer to a euro now? 17p is a long time ago. Yeah, and and there was another packet that we found which was 6p, and I definitely was in short pants when it was 6p. 6p crisp packet? Yeah, yeah, Tato. Tato crisp packet with 6p is the, the price on it. They just yeah. don't decompose, no? Well, everything breaks down, Neil, but what I think the problem with plastic is that it breaks down into smaller and smaller pieces. And that's the problem, I think, that we have. When you look at Cork Harbour, Cork Harbour is an SPA, which is a special protection area, and it's a special protection area for 22 species of birds. All bar three of those 22 species are either red or amber listed. We talk about, um, you know, on Monday, we, we, we you know, there's a, there's a big wake-up call from the IPB, IPBES with their latest report that, you know, we're, we're going to lose, you know, hundreds of thousands of species um, if, if we don't cop ourselves on. I mean, you know, we, we see 
much good work going on by lots of tidy towns in Cork, by lots of clean coast groups in Cork, yeah. uh, community councils, and it, it's just to try. I think when we, we talk about rattling the cages, it's kind of akin to a shopkeeper working, making a living in his shop or her shop, but not sweeping outside the front I know, door. I, do, I know, and listen, it's, it's commendable what they're doing, but are they also aware themselves that their generation are huge contributors uh, to, to climate issues and, and plastics with their purchasing power and what they're buying, the disposable world that many of them live in? Are they aware of that themselves? <laughs> Are who now? The shopkeepers or the, no, or the students? No, students, young people, you know. Um, I, I think students are, are very in tune to it. But look, it's, 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 it's not linear. It's, 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 you know, this, this, this education thing this, that we have to do. You know, everyone learns at a, at a different rate. And, and kids are, are, are not silly. And, and kids, I think, you know, when we go into the supermarket and we see, um, you know, we see uh, an orange you know, do we buy the, the orange that's uh, loose or do we buy it in the net? Yeah. Or worse yeah. again, do we buy the pre-prepared peeled orange in a plastic container with no skin on? And in fairness to them, they may use products that have uh, issues with regards to plastic, but they also recycle well, better than older generations. Well, absolutely. I mean, it, it, the evidence is there that primary kids are, are really good in pester power in getting their parents to, to, to make those, those changes. I think part of yesterday as well, what we had is that we had um, uh, Simon Lyons, a Cork City engineer, on site as well. And we had a pumping station open where, um, outside the castle where, you know, we were, you know, I suppose where they got to see into uh, the, the deeper, darker part of, of the, um, oh, must have been the, the drainage it? system. So basically it was about, you know, fat oils, greases. Um, it's also about, you know, did you know, they see what a fat you ball should. or did they see gathered grease? Um, I, 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 look, it, it was fairly mank inside it when you're looking into a sewer. That, such, just, so. that just means it's working, I suppose. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but look, ultimately, it's about, you know, it's the three Ps that you can only flush down the toilet. And I'm, I apologize to your listeners who are eating their breakfast now. But it's, it's pee, poo and paper, the only three things that, that should be flushed down the toilet. Put a bin into your bathroom and everything else goes into that. I got you. Unfortunately, they found way too many hyperdermic needles, didn't they? We did, yeah. Um, the total, well, the, the, the total count syringes. was 11 syringes and, and five had hypodermic needles. Um, uh, Dave Ludgate, a.k.a. Sabote, from who's part of the BlackRock Clean, Cleanup Group, um, joined us as well for the day. And, uh, you know, we, we, we had a, a Sharps box specifically for syringes. Uh, and the, and the, the kids were great because, you know, when I was doing the health and safety talk at the start, they said, this is the most important health and safety talk I, I have given this year or even in the last few years because I said, the risk is there that we yeah. may find the needles and the kids and were brilliant. Did. We had procedures in place and, and they were adhered to it all. Okay, time, listen, out of time for now, but let's big up no the young people because they make a big difference when they take on absolutely. projects like this. Well, Congratulations. Yes, absolutely. Look after yourself, Pruncheers. Thanks for taking the call. Well done to St. Coleman's College in Middleton and Christ the King. Well done. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. New year, new number for Neil. 0818-104-106. Okay, I'm going to keep driving forward. Uh, started this morning just uh, chatting a little bit more and talking with people uh, with regards to Ukraine and the awful conditions they find themselves in now, which is clearly a hazard to their lives 
all over Ukraine. And I was chatting with Roman at one stage, a Ukrainian who's in, in West Cork, and he was going through uh, a list of um, emergency products that are needed in Ukraine. And then we were chatting with the precision engineering company down in Bandon, and Lucy Transport have donated a, an Arctic uh, complete with a big container on back. They want to fill it. And on Friday, Paddy Toomey and his two sons, Paddy came out of retirement, will drive to the Ukraine-Polish border. And then somebody was suggesting that it'd be a good idea if we could get the big red bus on board downtown as a drop-off donating point. And everybody here seems to be well up for that. I just chatted with some people at 11 o'clock this morning when the news was on there saying, yeah, let's do it. So wheels are in motion, quite literally, to get the red bus into town. And hopefully before midday, I'll have, um, you know, confirmation on that because uh, if we can help, very happy to do so. That's what a Cork radio station should do. We have the facilities to do so with the big red bus. But I said I'd just chat again briefly with Roman because earlier on this morning, he was going through the kind of list. Now, um, you know, Precision Engineering and Bandon gave us an idea what's needed. Blankets and sleeping bags and over-the-counter medicines and nappies and baby formula. But I want to get an extensive one to give you an opportunity if you want to uh, donate uh, in the next 36 hours exactly what they need in Ukraine. Roman, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Uh, thanks for coming back. So all this helps. We've got a big red double-decker bus um, that we would like to fill and then get down to Bandon to um, the Arctic that will be travelling from Bandon to Ukraine or at least to the Polish-Ukraine border. So can you just go through a list and, uh, and I'll write it down as you're talking about it as to what's needed. Certainly. So I'm going to start with medication. And it is painkillers, blood stoppers, bandages, tourniquets, Thermometers, Calpol, Norafine for kids, Imodium, Biocult, Diorolite, or equivalent of it, Peroxide. And basically, did you say peroxide? Peroxide, yes. Okay. For what? Uh, People getting injured, people getting hit, people still getting. uh, Oh, forgive me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a di- type of disinfectant, I guess. Yeah, it would be. A... Yes, it is. It okay. is disinfectant. Okay. Yes. Then uh, next is things for kids. So warm clothes, nappy under 12 months, baby formula, pseudo cream, socks, warm kids shoes, baby bottles, suders, underwear. Yeah, I'm just listening. I'm, I'm, the only reason I'm silent is I'm trying to write this down as best I can. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Next yeah. thing is toiletries and hygiene, disposable gloves, face masks, baby wipes, shampoo, soap, toothpaste, toothbrush. You know what I'm thinking? It would be a great idea if you just banged me off a text with all of those or an email, and we can build it in. Uh, yeah, and so, absolutely. And we then we can, use, we can use Facebook and Instagram and Twitter to post this and let people know exactly what's needed. It's for, but listen, carry on, keep going. Yeah, uh, stuff for bomb shelters, the inflatable mattresses, preferably single ones, because obviously the, 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 it's the space, etc., etc. Sleeping bags, roll mats, torches, batteries, blankets. There's a lot there, isn't there? My God, the things, all of the things we take for granted are all in short supply. Yeah, yeah. Thermal underwear, warm sports clothing, so things that people can underdress because it is pretty cold. It's temperature is around zero degrees. Today it's snowing. So when you sit in, in the 
buildings without heating and in lots of buildings uh, what people do they open the windows so they wouldn't gonna be taken out by the heat wave and uh, the explosion wave so during the airstrikes they open the windows to save them god oh my god tin food they said they will take like fish meat everything in tins rice pasta those perishables chocolate tea bags uh coffee that will all go that will all be distributed obviously how many cups of coffee we have a day and that, yeah. that is a very extensive list, isn't it? And all of them are freely available on Side to be purchased. The people would have a lot of that at home as well. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to send you the list over the email. Okay. Do that ASAP, just uh, neil at redfm.ie, the full list. We'll incorporate that into a social media post, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and the likes. And as soon as I have an update, this we're going to send the red bus down there. People can fill it, and then we can get a part of an of an Arctic transportation that's going out on Friday. Okay, all all that helps. Perfect. Thank you very much. One more time, I cannot okay. thank you enough. All right, I'm just waiting for your email, Roman. Okay, so come to me on that. Perfect. Thank you. All right. Take care for now. Appreciate it. Cheers. All right. Take, take care. care. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now on the new number, 0818-104-106. And you can text 0868-104-106. Mandy, good morning. Good morning, Neil. All right. You want um, to... Wanna... I don't want to start to rant, okay, because I'm kind of suffering on my throat. Um, but um, you said something a couple of days ago, and you were dead right, you know. You said, you mentioned... What about the Afghanistans and the Syrians? And I have a family member who's out in Syria yeah. recently, a rescuing, and nobody put candles in the window for them. And nobody could have put attention to like like what the Ukraine is. And don't don't get me wrong though, because if the Ukraine, if, if I do, I know they want homes there. I have three stories in Tivoli. I can take one of those families if it's okay with my husband and son. I will take them, you know. It's I not a criticism of people's compassion for Ukraine as such, no, you say. Neil, you are right in saying what you said. Other people are being neglected other countries. And why is that? Well, I was I was actually referencing Afghanistan, which has been through the yeah, horrors from, yeah. Yeah, from the and Soviet you know the invasion. But Neil, you know the cold out in Afghanistan, just, you know, and those kids are there with little sheets thrown them. And but you see Afghan, or you see the Ukrainians, and these big expensive puff jackets and um, uh, trainers, Nikes, and Adidas. Like I'm not but you know, because no, I, but I mean, like you mean. can't be going on about the quality of the clothing in Afghanistan, a country been, that's been invaded. Warm. By. They're warm. Why are the Why are the Afghanistan being ignored? Why? I have I have no I have no idea why we have well, completely. Would you think about it, politically? Like, would you think about it? Oh, listen! If you're asking me personally, I think it's an absolute disgrace what Biden it did is. with regards to Afghanistan. Right. They literally sat yep. down with the Taliban, believed everything that the Taliban told. I said, oh no, the Taliban will be very good now. They'll be fine. They'll mind their people. They'll be really kind. We have nothing to worry about. Let's all go home. They just completely no, turned their back. And I had good detail, but it's like you're very sensible and you say the right things and you're right, you know? Well, and I, I don't think to be always right or sensible, but I just think... Well, no, you have common sense, Neil, and intelligence doesn't overcome 
common sense. All right. Okay. Common sense is what makes this world work. Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? You don't sound very well. So imagine when you're wandering out. I don't, and I'll tell you why. Because two years ago, (coughs) excuse me, my husband works offshore. He came back with a really bad flu at Christmas time. He worked on oil rigs. And he came back and he had a really bad flu. This is the next thing that I was going to go on to, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, And when he came back, he he, he, he just, you know, very, very sick for two weeks. And then my son caught it, and he's 27. And he what it, is it? And just was it just, sick. Well, you sure and it was, was flu? No, well, I'm, t- I'm going to explain. All right, you know, I'll be quiet. My, 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 my son, um, he was very sick for two weeks, and I don't want to see I, I, I really don't want to say where he was. He, That's all right. That's I, I don't need actually, to know. No, I don't need to know. Actually, don't, I don't really know. I don't he's really in the naval service, right? So, uh, so he's very strong and big. And for two weeks, he was just completely sick. And I caught it. And um, it, I never smoked. I never had asthma. I never ate allergies. And on New Year's Eve, up in um, any, I won't say with Janie, I was told, go home, you were very bad. I said, I can't breathe. I can't actually breathe. I need oxygen. They said, all oh, your vital signs are okay. You're okay. I've had four bronchoscopies since in the bonds. You had four what? Bronchoscopies. It's where they breathe. They put a camera down into your lungs. Okay. Um, and exhaustion. I we used to horse ride. I went to animal welfare, and I since I cut since whatever I cut, my uh, my voice goes and uh, like I can't speak. But should they have to? I, they have to put. They have to give it a name, don't they? They have to call it. What well, is it? Well, you see, I cut it in December, Neil, and it, they didn't actually give it a name until March. So you got COVID. You know, I, I they did a test to me in the bonds. And were you positive? And, yeah. Okay, so you have and, your long COVID now, is it? Yeah, so it's long COVID now, so my toe keeps going and I get this cough. It's like a, a dry, um, it's, like a, it's like a wet baby's cough. Um, they get a lot of things. Like, no, no, the dry cough, the baby's cough. Um, I'm not sure. Croup? Croup? Yeah, it's okay. like croup, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like that. And if I if I'm around anyone, I start coughing. So I have to okay. leave my mask on. Okay, and that's because the basis on which you're you still you think people are selfish for not continuing to wear masks. I think they are because, like you know, I worry my lungs now are like my right lung. I have pneumonia. I have a spot in my lung. I don't smoke. I I I don't smoke. I I don't have asthma or anything. But it was what I caught. And they're very selfish because have they watched the news? Have they seen people struggling to breathe? You know? I know, but they, it's like two years to the month now, later. And Neil, it does, it's not going to go away. And you know it isn't. But what would you say to people who say, I am not selfish. I'm just getting on with my life. And if you have underlying conditions or long COVID or immunosuppressed system, well, you, need to wear, anyway. you, need, you need to wear your mask. That say, I, will, I, don't. I always will wear my mask. I have every type of mask and I have every and I wear gloves and, and but they they're just they walk into a supermarket they have no masks on but just they they sanitize hands you know I, and, I think I think 
I think sanitizing hands has been a great thing and I think it should continue. It is, Neil, because you still have to wear your mask. You still have have to have better respect for people. Yeah, and and I do. And I probably will continue to wear it for another week or two. But then at that stage, I believe, I think many people will stop wearing masks masks gradually and I'll be amongst them. Maybe you'll say that's wrong. Because you know COVID isn't going anywhere fast. There's always going to be new variants. We have, to learn to, but anyway. we have to learn to live with it, Mandy. We can't spend the rest of our Which lives behind masks. We can't live with it, Neil, if we're going to die because of it. That's a living with it. But we'll just have to make sure that there are vaccines available and boosters available and we're people sure continue. Four, four but, vaccines. But, I kept on getting... We can't ask people. we can't ask people to live, like, indefinitely with um, the risk well, of lockdowns and masks. Well, just for the people's hopes, that's I, all I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're you saying. You can hear my talk now. I know. And this is from the the, the cost from that I cost two years ago. I know. I know. I know. You I know. know. And people can't understand me sometimes and everything. Else. I it's still, I, I, I'm still wearing I'm it still wearing masks. I know you are. You know? Yeah. I know. I know. I know. It's not fair on people. They 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 have all these stats and they think they know everything. You know, but they don't. They now, don't. They have been sick. They haven't had shoes back there totally. You know, it's sucking up. It's yeah. I didn't do anything to deserve this. I didn't smoke. I don't have asthma. I don't have allergies. I, I, I can't go with and I, I think it's really disrespectful for people to just be so flippant about the whole thing. I'm not so sure they are being flippant. They're they're worn out. They're weary from it. You know? Well, the two people you were on two days ago were very flippant. And they were very, they had their facts and they had their this and that. Facts don't matter. You know? They're looking at the wrong facts. Why don't they look at the facts of the people who died? So, don't be selfish for those like you, Mandy, and others who have ongoing health conditions, and you clearly do. Wear your mask to protect others because it can still yeah, kill. Yeah, that's all they okay, ask. Okay, okay. And people, elderly people in the homes or hospitals, or I, I, I mean, I, I'm very sick now, and I have to drive up to UHS for a double blood test. And I dropped um, clothes into an elderly friend's mother. Um, but I wore my mask and I, you know, and I wore gloves and, you know, because I know. what if that lady got something from me, you know, and I know. I, know. I just think people are very, I, I do think people are very, are being very selfish about just taking their masks off. Okay, let me get, let me get people's reaction to my conversation with oh, you. Oh, they me, they hate me, Neil, you know that. They're what? They hate me. They, they hate, hate you? Me. They hate my no. impression. Oh, no, I mean. They hate my impression. I don't, I don't, well, I mean, there's always going to be two two trains of thought. Some will agree and some will disagree, but I'm just curious as to well, how many listen, people can relate. Well, listen, you can tell them no, right? I'm an animal rescue person. I, and I, anybody would, who needs anything, I would do anything for anybody. Okay. So don't put me down. Yeah. Okay. And okay. if they want to, they can. Okay. Okay. I'll invite people to comment on our, on our chat, but thank you, Mandy. Look after yourself and okay, do stay in touch. Cheers. Text 0868104106. There you've heard it. Case history of a sufferer. What do you make of that? Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818. 
104-106. I see an interesting response to Mandy's little chat with me, particularly about Afghanistan. To that lady, Mandy, Afghanistan and Syria are not being ignored. I have donated multiple times to the Red Cross and Medecins Sans Frontier on a regular basis. I, I thank you and, and well done for doing that. I just think it's absolutely incredible that the world would turn its back on Afghanistan, that Trump and everyone else would pull out all of their armies, believe the Taliban and what they were telling them. And of course, the minute the Taliban got back in with their feet under the table, of course, draconian conditions started yet again, um, you know, with regards to the persecution of women young girls, children and men who just can't stand up to the Taliban, of course. And on top of all of that, what are we looking at? Months and months and months of famine and death. Um, And everybody turned their back. When I say everybody, not necessarily those that give aid. I appreciate that people are saying, well, I send money and I send medicine and I send contributions. But the world itself, the powers of the world, completely turned their back. Um, I know it was a 30-year war and it could not and never was won and they probably just felt there's no future for us here, but they left the people behind. Back after the break. Calling Red FM Studio? Call the new number. 0818-104-106. Uh, you know, there is that big Arctic truckload going out of Bandon on Friday and uh, that's what I was chatting about earlier on with Ronan Toomey from Precision Engineering in Bandon. I got a, a text, a WhatsApp from a buddy of mine to my own phone. He says, Hi Neil, I can give you Two pallets of kids' toothbrushes. Two pallets. I mean, that's a lot of toothbrushes. And one pallet of wipes. I can also give hand sanitizers if needed. Let me know and I'll deliver to the container directly. Well, Kevin, that is beyond kind. That is a a lot of product. Um, Can I just say, the precision engineering are just off the roundabout around there to the left as you go into Bandon. And that's the hub at the moment for anybody that wants to drop off, um, you know, aid of that kind of volume. So if you could just maybe do that off your own, uh, off your own speed, if you don't mind, off your own steam, to get it down directly to uh, Precision Engineering Bandon. And that's a very kind gesture. So I'll update again on that. Hopefully I'll have uh, some kind of result on the time with regards to the big red bus before I get off the air at midday. Um, I want to chat though, I didn't get a chance to do this yesterday um, so never let the opportunity pass because we were talking about masks and that was a very emotive call there with regards to mask wearing or the selfishness of those who have taken their masks off. Um, Certainly primary and secondary schools and what have you no longer have to wear a mask but I was just curious as to the uptake in schools uh, with regards to masks and uh, Aaron Wolfe is the principal of Colossia, Eamon Reesha. Aaron, good morning. Uh, hang on a second, I just need to change lines. There you are, can you hear me now? Yeah, how are we doing? Good. Did I did I see a really funky, fantastic video that the students did there up on Instagram recently, was it? Yeah, of course, sure. which, which, which video? We're kind of well known for our video. Take it yeah. off, take it off, take it exactly, off. Exactly, yeah, we did, um, it was the mask singer, we called it the mask student. Was that based so, on um, X Factor or something, was it? No, the, the, the Masked Singer. There's a program on there it's on TV3 and ITV. <laughs> okay, okay. The Masked Singer, and at the end, they unveil their face. So that's have, what we did on, on have, Monday. Have all of the students unveiled their faces? No, they haven't. And this is the big shock that I had when I came into work on Monday um, with the number of students that are carrying on um, wearing masks um, and the number of staff that are carrying on wearing masks. Go away. And what kind of percentage? We, I'd say, geez, it could be 60, 40% of those that have taken them off and um, 40% maybe have left them on. Right. I, okay. thought, I thought they would all have them gone. 
But no, um, they've, they've carried on wearing their masks. I'm wearing my mask still in the school. Okay. I haven't caught COVID yet and I don't want to catch it. Um, are you, are you, yeah, are you still wearing it to lead by example or is this just personal choice or what? No, that's personal. That's personal. I, I don't, I, Neil, I don't know whether they listen to me anyway. But, um, <laughs> no, I, I'm wearing it my own. I haven't caught it and I don't want to catch it. And are the, um, you know, the 40% who aren't giving any grief to the 60% who are? No, absolutely not. No, there's, um, it, it, you know, t- I always say teenagers are amazing the way they react. And there's been no sort of, oh, take it off. and You must take it off. So when we did the video, we did this mask singer take, take it off video. Um, the thing is, they all had masks on them, you know, and after it, they all put their masks back on, a lot of them. That's amazing. So well, it's and amazing why, do you th- why do you think that is? I mean, because everyone complained for two years. There wasn't the yeah, chance to stop. They... 60% of them didn't. Yeah, but I suppose um, they still don't want to catch COVID. Do you know? They they're still um, they're st- they still know the virus is there. A lot of children do live with their grannies. Um, you know, you have granny living in the house. They still have that worry that you know they don't want to bring the virus okay. home. Okay, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then the ones that did take it off, they say, it's like, you've got to think, second-year students have been in secondary school for two years, but they've never been in school without a mask, and they felt almost naked without the mask. They were all saying it was really strange to walk in. I was talking to someone there a second ago, and her mask was down below her nose, and I said, oh, pull up your mask. She said, well, I shouldn't even be wearing it. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> yeah, we had a laugh about it. But the best, the best thing is that realising what people looked like. We had some laugh on Monday when there was a girl out in the yard, and we said to her, you don't go to this school at all. We swear we'd never seen her before. And she's a girl we we all know, but she just didn't look like what we thought she was going to look like. It was going to like, put your mask on so I know what you look like. <laughs> With that picture, you know, people said, students saying to me, oh, we, we never knew you had a beard. <laughs> or there was another teacher and they, they were all talking about her dimples. Miss, you have dimples. We never knew you had dimples. <laughs> but it's, are, ah, you the it's same, are you the same now if you went into a Tesco or a Duns and things like that? Oh, yeah, I'm still wearing my mask yeah, when I go into yeah, the shops. Yeah. Yeah. But I just don't want to catch it. But I'll give you a funny story there about wearing the mask. One day I was in, um, I had no mask on me in town, and I saw one of our students, and I said to her, hi, how are you? And the dirty look she gave me, she didn't obviously know who I was. <laughs> she just thinks I'm some creepy old fella saying hello to her. <laughs> you know, I said, well, I'm, actually, I'm actually your principal. <laughs> There's a book in but, you, you know that. <laughs> I was looking for someone offered me the deal. But what, what I want to say as well, which is amazing about schools, the last time we were together as a school was um, Ash Wednesday 2020. And then the lockdown came maybe two or three days later. Um, but we've never been together in one space until today. We just moved just back from Mass in South Parish. And it was amazing to finally see all the students in the one space with all the teachers. One student saying, like, you know, Chief didn't realise there were that many students in the school because <laughs> when you have split breaks, then you're, you don't get to see each other. Bizarre. So, it was, but it was bizarre. But a nice little two years almost the day, Ash Wednesday again, we finally got to get back together. And, um, yeah, so it was you, great. It was so, a lovely so, moment to so have you, be together. Have you given Anthony up for Lent, incidentally, being the start of it? Oh, geez, I have, yeah. I give up the sweets. It's kind of an excuse for a diet. <laughs> <laughs> but not the mask, but no, no. You're not giving up the mask no, for I, Lent. I keep on the mask. I see how it goes. Like, we would, teachers, I think, you know, we would be worried about um, COVID numbers. Like, I had students sent home yesterday with COVID. And then you are thinking, well, you're in school without a mask and you've just tested positive. So obviously the virus is going to spread. Ah, yeah. It hasn't, as they say, using the old cliche, it hasn't gone away. But they also say in the same breath, but we have to learn to live with it. 
Well, this is it, and we're doing a big, um, we have um, Stevie G, your own Stevie G is coming in. We're doing a party for our students. We're calling it CER Unmasked. And next Friday, um, we're going to get, the students haven't had a party in so many years. So it's going to be their first ever disco. So at, at one o'clock, we're all going out onto the pitch, and Stevie G will blare out the tunes. We'll have a barbecue for all the students. Oh, fantastic idea. Finally, young people can have a bit of normality okay well I hope you get the bit of weather to go with it have a great party oh, no, thanks Aaron cheers, cheers for now you know we would have been talking back uh, in December and certainly January of 30,000 uh, positive cases a day I just looked at the stats actually and the last available ones are for yesterday we had 3,300 cases so well down and destined to continue to drop because of the seasonality of the virus. Your thoughts on that are welcome. Text 0868104106. I have the list now of support for Ukraine. I just need to get one thing clarified because Roman was talking about non-perishable food, but they've sent me on the list now. So it'd be good to just get this piece clarified because it says on the list, no food for now. Thank you. Uh, but I will go through it again just before midday today if I can update with regards to uh, the bus and what have you. If you do want to help and donate. Anthony, good morning. Hey, good morning, Neil. Okay, it says you're looking for a van for, for what? Yes, Neil. Um, well, I'm a, a member of a homeless group here in Cork, uh, Cork City Homeless Group, and we had an appeal up for first aid stuff during the week, and I got a hit on it from a very well first aid company in Cork. They came on and they donated uh, approximately two van loads of first aid stuff to me uh, for the Ukraine. Um, you needed it for the homeless. You had enough to deal no, no, with. No, 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 no. no. Okay. I had it up for the Ukraine. For Ukraine, okay. So yeah. you got two van loads, van loads of first aid. Like when you say first aid, you're talking about medicines, bandages, tourniquets, yeah, thermometers, bandages, tourniquets, uh, the whole shebang. It's uh, man came on to me and he he said, "Look, I have two van loads of approximately two van loads of first aid stuff." He says that I can give you. He says. And he, he just needs to move okay. it. And where is it? Where is it now? Uh, well, I must contact him there, and he give me the air code. I think it's somewhere out in um, Blarney, somewhere. And you need? Do you want that to get onto the Arctic down in Bandon? Well, I I need it to go somewhere in there because it's donated to me for Belarus, uh, for uh, the Ukraine, and. I have no van okay. to move. So stuff. you need to get a loan of a van to pick up, well, you'll need it yes, for two either, runs. Either, yeah, yeah. either a, car, a, a car rental van. Okay. To get to Blarney to pick all of that up, get it down to the Arctic in Bandon, get it onto the Arctic and out to Ukraine. Exactly. Okay. Hold tight, hold tight there. I encourage anybody listening on that could help you in that regard to get in touch with me by text. Uh, we need a van to get that to the Arctic and Bandon before Friday, up to and including Friday. Let's see what the response is on that one, Anthony, all right? Yeah, no matter, Neil. Okay, and well done for everything you're uh, getting involved in. Fair play to you. No so anybody that can help in that regard, you're welcome, Anthony. Get in touch, text 0868104106. Donica Loftus has DL Supplies. In fact, are, they were our chosen brand for hand sanitizer around here for the, for the last couple of years. Joins me by phone. Donica, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, you have, uh, well, what do you have on offer? Yeah, what we have, look, it's like everything. We have spare clothing, so we have tops, because I heard the man saying, well, go, we have tops, so we'll throw in a lot of tops. Let it be pullovers, body warmers, right? 
but also I we don't have a sanitary product but I heard a guy talking about sanitary products we have the antibacterial uh, gel wipes so we're going to throw lash them in and what we also then we'll throw in with the gel obviously the one you get yourself is the nice good uh, we'll call it scented one yeah. we also have another one we have a disinfectant a gel so we give a lash of that but what I also said to your colleague there will go Lee we, I look, I do a lot of my own deliveries. We have the vans. So that man there, I don't know, is this just um, a coincidence? I, Anthony was on to me actually yesterday. I gave him a contact for someone, but I had offered the services of my own van because whilst I can go to the big red bus, if it's going to be the Grand Parade, I would collect if someone had stuff but couldn't get there. I have no problem collecting. Could, you get, could you get Anthony O'Byrne's swag of stuff I, in Blarney? I Anthony rang me yesterday. Um, I probably have his number because I gave him a contact for first aid stuff. If it's the same person, no, but he was on a, a thing yesterday for it, and it was for the Arctic. But I, I have no problem with my own van. I'll collect stuff and I'll bring it to the big red bus because I'll be bringing my own gear anyway. And I'd, I'd offer that facility, no problem. Yeah, it'd be but, better. Uh, it'd be get, get better to get his van loads of product direct to Bandon, though. I think. Okay, well, if we have to do that, we'll organise that. Or listen, if someone else comes in, I don't want to take someone's thunder, like everybody's going to head No, it would be one less headache yeah. for me. If I were yeah. to say to you, yes, we'll take whatever you have, body warmers, protective clothing, yeah. gels, absolutely. But if, if I can just get you back on hold, get Anthony's number yeah. to you, and you can just sort that issue with Anthony getting it directly to Bandon. No problem, no problem. Fantastic. We'll no problem. Okay, well, we'll thank no you problem. for that. Much obliged. Thanks hope, for coming on board. I hope the gel is working well with you. I love it. I love the, um, do you know what I mean? It, it's got me through yeah. two years. My hands feel smelling like um, Johnson's baby powder. Thank well, you. That's the thing. It's been good, Neil. The, and the one great thing about it is there's no after kind of burning effect. It's a nice, there's a bit of moisture in it, a moisturizer. So anybody that has taken off us, they're very, very happy. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, very I, I certainly so say all of us. Well done. Thanks yeah. for being on board. Appreciate it. Thank you to everybody Thanks at DL Supplies. Cheers. Back after the break. Text 0868104106. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at NeilRedFM. I was uh, just commenting the other day about an attack on Patrick Street, video footage that was sent. I said, I get so much different video footages of people baiting up each other and knife attacks and what have you that I never know if it just happened or whether it was a year ago or two years ago. Apparently the one that I referenced last week actually was very recently. Texter says to me, on your show the other day, there was comments made about a fight on Patrick Street last Thursday. Yeah, it was right outside Debenham. People were walking up and down doing their shopping. Traffic was passing. These fellas were going at it. One fellow was on the ground, another character kicking the living daylights out of him. Anyway, I would like to clarify what happened. That man kicking the other man on the floor was walking past, minding his own business, and these two scumbags attacked him from behind. That innocent, innocent fella had to fight the two boys on his own. Run, one ran away until the innocent fella called him. The innocent fella did nothing wrong. He only stood up for himself. I just wanted to put the story straight. Thank you. You'd think he'd stop after he's got the guy on the ground, though, having given him a bait, and wouldn't you? You'd think he'd stop and not continue to kick a man on the ground. But anyway, you'd think that that's all part of defending himself and standing up for himself. Okay. Uh, thanks for that. So it did happen, and it's yet another uh, one of these awful stories that you know keep people from going into the city, I suppose. Now, um, just to, I'll, I'll update again just before I go. Uh, it does look very likely now that we will have a bus tomorrow and it looks to me as if it's going to be Maham Point. Now, Maham Point makes a lot of sense to me uh, because we broadcast live from Maham Point on Thursdays anyway and I, know, I think that's a market day also. So that's going to be great. So just before I finish this morning, I hope to get full clarity and then Phil Burke will tell you more about it and Dave Mack and so on across the day and breakfast in the morning. But the list that I got from uh, Roman 
for support for Ukraine is quite lengthy. So what we're going to do when we get off the air is we're going to build all of the different medicines, things for kids, the toilets, the toiletries, the hygiene, non-perishable foods, clothing, uh, inflatable mattresses, sleeping bags. They need those for the bomb shelters, incidentally, batteries and blankets and even generators, small electric generators. We'll put that entire list into a Facebook, Twitter and an Instagram post. And if you follow me uh, on social media channels, you'll see them all there exactly what will be needed. And tomorrow will be the collection day then uh, at Maham Point. OK, so I've got about uh, eight or nine minutes left. So I'll update again on that just before I quit at midday. But just meanwhile, let me just pick up on one or two other calls, if you don't mind. And good morning. Good morning, Neil. Some criticism yesterday uh, with regards to uh, the story of Joan's mum in Marymount. You wanted to pick up on that because you would have a totally different experience. Yeah, go ahead. That's right, yeah. Um, Well, we had a great experience. Mum was in there for three weeks. Also, eight weeks after that, my brother was in there. And I could not, honest to God, thank them so much for what they did for both mum and my brother. Okay. They yeah. were excellent. Beautiful place. And mum, like, it's hard to talk about her, you know. But mum, mum really never used to ring the bell for them or anything, right? And the morning that mum passed away, like, mum had her breakfast, and then mum rang the bell. And every nurse, Neil, every nurse in Marymount ran to my mother's room. Every single one of them rent our room. And afterwards, they told us it was because that mum never rang the bell for them and they knew something was, was you know, seriously wrong. That's kind of a bizarre thing to say. It's almost yeah. suggesting that they are slower to answer bells that are rang too often. Yeah, but no. they rent to her and... You do, know, do, you know, I, I, do you know what I'm saying? That they should answer do, all yeah. bells? Yeah, 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 I agree with that. Yeah, but yeah. but they were so good, like to mom and everything, you know, and to my brother Michael. Mm, mm. They were just absolutely excellent. To to the reason that I said to my own daughter Laura when after mum passed away and Michael, I remember saying to Laura, "If anything ever happens to me like that, I beg you put me into Marymount." Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, haven't you know, seen it first Well, so. I'm so had to, I'm so happy to hear of fabulous treatment. I really am because it upsets me when I hear of the opposite. And yesterday was one of the days where it was hard listening. You know. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, I was shocked as well when I heard that. To be honest, you know, because um, they were so good to Mum and Michael. I got you. Know? I got you. I got you. Okay. Okay. Honest. Well, well, thank you for your support of Mary Mount, and they'll be glad of it. Thank you, Anne. Take care. No problem. At all. all right. All the Thanks best, Eileen. Good morning. Hi Neil, how are you? I'm good. You wanted to pick up on that? Two different, confli- yeah. I mean they're not conflicting stories, it's good to hear them all. Some was a happy experience, yesterday was not. No it wasn't and I, and that's what I suppose it upset me and it kind of, you know, I was a bit shocked that that lady, I think she was just unfortunate that she had that negative experience really because for my own case, my mum passed away in Marymount 10 years ago and um, like the lady was just on there and the care, the respect, the dignity, the kindness, the compassion we received in there for the 10 days while mum was in there was something I'll never, ever forget. Okay. You know, they yeah. they treated my mum, you know, she was in the last 
weeks of her, 10 days of her life, they knew that. I mean, Marymount was this place which we hoped we never had to go into. You know, you pass the building, you don't, you don't give it a second thought as to what's going on in there. But it's only when you're in there, you realise how brilliant, you know, they are to the families and to the person that's, you know, at can the I just, end of the I know, but just can I be very honest with you? I, I've, mm. I've, I've been in a lot of nursing homes, mm-hmm. particularly with my own mother-in-law, the late, great Kitty Lennon, and I've yes. seen many of them. And, mm. and this is not a disrespect to any. I, I don't mm. ever want to be in any of them. Oh, and then I neither found, do I. I found them very lonely, sad yes. places where, where yes. people just were just sitting around yes. vacant vacant yes in, exactly and just all together and kind of not aware of what's going on and, it, and they are lonely places nursing homes now I suppose in Marymount I wouldn't have experienced I, I wouldn't say that would be the experience well I think no I mean like, I, I have no issue with I have been in Marymount yeah. I've been in the different areas of Marymount mm. and I've been on the different wards there mm. I, I have no issue with them they were they were lovely mm. people and I have mm. every single one of them was very kind and compassionate yes. and I yeah. had chats with many staff in all of the different nursing yeah. homes I was well known in a mm. lot of them but it's not mm-hmm. for me. I, I would prefer oh, I would prefer to if it meant ending my day sooner. No, I'm not being yes. disrespectful. I just I found them very depressing and I just found Oh them. without a doubt. My 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 friend had a brother and a sister in a particular nursing home and I used to go to visit him with her and we always left there feeling sad and feeling a bit upset and feeling depressed saying hopefully we never have to, to, you're being, to go in You're there. spot on. You said it much better than me. I, I would also think that if I were in there um, and that were spending my last days I probably would age mentally and physically very rapidly. Without a doubt and you know a sad part of that aspect is, is, is for whatever reason a person has to go in there because maybe they don't have any family to look after them but if they go in there and they have their senses and they, they have their mind they very quickly become like the others because there are very few in there that they can chat to converse with. If you lose the stimulation yes. you see. Yes mentally. exactly. Yeah, and very rapidly you become like the others within the home, despite the best efforts of the staff and everything. Not you know, I have to say, no, I'm not criticizing or anything, but we're but just, they are tough places to be in and tough places to visit for for sure. But I was just making the point that Mary Mount did give us um, such great care and compassion and okay. uh, and allowed my mum to die with dignity and respect. You know, and we knew she was well cared for. Well said, well said, well okay. said. Okay, thank Thanks you for that. Okay, thank you thank so much you. to you, Eileen, and also to Anne. I will pick up on this conversation if people have opinions or want to chat about it tomorrow. Email neil at redfm.ie. Pick up the phone, text 86 We'll continue conversations tomorrow. And before I go, can I just say that with regards to Ukraine, I have an extensive lift and list now that was sent to me by uh, Roman. I will post that. Uh, online we got off the air today the entire list is broken into different sections the medicines the painkillers the bandages the calpol the neurofen for kids the dioralite issues like that then there's the areas of toiletries gloves and face masks and you know clothing thermal underwear and warm sports clothing they even they're even looking for camouflage camouflage clothing for men and women camouflage boots for men and women anybody involved in in military sales could help us out in that regard then they're looking at um, batteries and blankets and roll mats and sleeping bags and you know the things for kids then are the the nappies and the baby formula and the pseudocream and the socks and the baby bottles and soothers and underwears and 
and baby wipes, non-perishable foods, things like that. If you think about that, I mean, there's nobody forcing your hand here. If you, if you choose not to, that's fine. Or if you if you be a conscientious obje- objector, as some people have been over the last couple of days, that's fine too. Don't have to get involved. But who do? if you do wish to donate, uh, Maham Point is the place tomorrow, between 10 in the morning and 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Now, I can't guarantee 100% it would be the Red Bus, the Red FM Bus, because that's already booked in for different activity that it does, including school runs at the moment. But there will be uh, a bus at Maham Point tomorrow. It could be the Red Bus, not sure, but it'll be branded Red FM anyway. It'll be a Maham Point from 10 tomorrow until 4 o'clock. It's the day of the markets of the day. We broadcast live there. So Phil Burke will tell you more about it when I get off the air. Dave Mack later uh, tonight as well and indeed breakfast in the morning. But that's what it will be if you want to get involved. And check out the list. Give me about an hour. Check out the list that we're going to post up online later if you want to contribute, get an idea what's needed and we can fill that bus tomorrow, get it part of the Arctic run from Bandon uh, on Friday uh, and get it over to the Polish-Ukraine border ASAP. Our lines will stay open on one, pardon me, our lines stay open on 0818104106. You can text 0868104106. Email neil at redfm.ie. What I didn't get to today, we'll pick up tomorrow. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.